That beat means. Uh, welcome back to the Dissect Podcast. I'm Keegan Dillon. I'm sitting here, usually as always, with Michael Blevins <laughs> and Mark Twite. And in honor of World National Health Day, which I believe it is 10-10-2018. Wait, wait. Uh, World National. We're, yeah, World. <laughs> I mean, or is it International? I'm sorry. World <laughs> Mental Health Day. It's kind of like the World Series. It's I just apologize. baseball. It just happens in America. <laughs> Do you want to start over or should we just roll with that? I think we should just roll with it. My head's okay. a little scrambled from what we were just discussing. <laughs> Which, so I apologize. <laughs> um, so again, in honor of World Mental Health Day, we will not be discussing mental health at all. I'm just going to put in that, you know. <laughs> for my own mental health. <laughs> for my own mental health. I can't discuss my own mental health. Um other than yesterday when I greeted Michael, he asked how I was, and I said, other than I've been eating poorly, drinking too much, and not sleeping enough lately, I'm great. <laughs> Sounds like a day in the life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of like five days in the life, but <clears throat> I'm, 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 over, I'm over it. I've recovered my rhythm. Well, speaking of mental health as well, I just bought a uh, bicycle. That showed up, which is <laughs> going your- to be my chosen method of fixing my mental health and possibly ruining it all I, at the same time. I was going to say exacerbating <laughs> your mental health. I think it pushes in whatever direction you go. So assuming yeah. it doesn't break a mile into my first ride, I feel like this weekend's going to be painful. I, I don't think it'll be that but bad. But we'll see. I, I, I'm looking forward to however it plays out. Me too. And, and Me to too. potentially participating in some of this. That'd be great. Uh, um, I can publicly thank you, Joe Holmes, for the hookup on the bicycle for now. Um, I'll probably curse you on the same podcast later on down the road. Yeah. In the next podcast. Yeah. Actu- and actually, you'll be able to curse him in person soon because he is coming back. Oh, fuck. I know. That's why I'm just taking it. days off on my bike right now. <laughs> in prepar- in you're tapering for, for Joe. Exactly. Some, some mental health days for yeah. Joe coming into town. That's why you dialed up the vodka intake, but tailored back the, the physical output yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that you can become accustomed to one and then be fresh for the other well and and you know every now and then he does what he calls like a self-loathing ride you know because he stays up too late the night before like, is that every ride basically has to you know sweat out the prior evenings um Intake. I don't yeah. know what you call it. I was going to say like something negative, but I just just intake. It's going to just be neutral about I was it. Say, I did something and similar on Sunday. No kidding. I kind of ate like a piece of shit on Saturday and yeah. wasn't a big fan of myself on Sunday. So, so I decided to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was super high and just ate like everything, <laughs> everything in my house. We were supposed to go to an event um, like somebody's house who's throwing a very well put together fight celebration with all the accoutrement of you know, fancy drinks. And I was like, well, I don't want to drink anything and it's kind of far away. So I'm going to take this lonely edible. (laughs) Yeah. I was 
way, way too high to do anything. And I had to literally call. Well, I didn't call because I forgot because it was too high. But <laughs> I had to apologize for my actions later. So I told Aaron, I was like, hey, let's watch the fights of the house. Um, you know, my cousin Jesse and his girlfriend Sherry can come over. At, so, at least we'll be able to talk to the people who threw the party <laughs> afterwards about what happened. Yeah, yeah. I just apologize. And anybody who's ever done that will understand. It's been a while since I've had one and it was way stronger than what I thought it would be. But then I told Aaron, I was like, just get pizza or something. And she's like, okay. And in my head, I was like, you know, don't get just a personal pizza. But that came out as in, get a lot of pizza. And so, so you said 12, 12 inches? <laughs> so she, like 144 inches of pizza? <laughs> I'd have to check the uh, geometry on that, but you're probably correct. <laughs> I think you have to times it by pi or something. Yeah. yeah. I was just <laughs> diameter. You know, she or, showed up with what, four large pizzas. Oh, I should have came over. And then, no, it gets better because then Jesse and Sherry came over, but they brought two large pizzas as well. So I still have bags of like pizza in my fridge. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. I guess I could bring it down here. It'd be a perfect it, snack. It, well, it would it, it would disappear down here. I can, I can tell you that. <laughs> just Josh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Where all this beer and pizza go? Yeah. Oh, Josh yeah. just left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you watch the fight? Yeah, I did. Did you watch the post-fight fight? fight? <laughs> yeah, I watched that too. That I guess good. it happened pretty much contiguously. Yeah, yeah. The I, there was not much separation between a tap out. Yeah, a, he was over that fence pretty fast. Yeah, and it was it, it was. I, so I said this: the the Anthony Pettis fight before it, I was like, man, it's going to be really hard to outdo the show that they put on. Okay. Lo and behold, they put on a better show. So I mean, uh, how, you know, I, I, I didn't see it and I've mm -hmm. only read a little bit on, you know, I saw some of the videos mm -hmm. posted on Twitter and short versions and read a little thing on CNN or the BBC website or something like that. And I just thought, okay, so it's, it really is one step. Okay. So one step closer to WWF. Yeah. Or whatever sure. it is. Like it's, it's, yeah. it, it's, it, 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 it I wouldn't want to say that it seems orchestrated, mm. but the behavior both in, you know, what I read about happened in the sort of pre-fight yeah. and the days up to it and the smack talking and this and that. And then, you know, well, it's, and then the, and then the aftermath, it almost seemed like, okay, this isn't orchestrated, but the, the, um, but you, but if you're involved in that organization, you can't help but behave in a certain way because of the, the I don't know the social cacophony around all the it's not orchestrated but it is definitely incentivized okay as in um, you don't have well and th this not to take away from Connor because he's like pound for pound one of the best in the world at that sport but he doesn't have to be as good as even people say that he is because he gives people a show he he gets people excited and he generates revenue which is what people don't understand is that the the bottom line is that he makes the UFC a fuck ton of puts money. puts asses in seats. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he is the the quintessential moneymaker. And because the way he does it is he draw, and I think it's a strategy for him to drive his opponent to be emotionally unstable by just picking at whatever scab he can. I think um, because that has worked out, he's been incentivized to just, you know, do that because it works uh, emotionally on the other fighter as a, a strategy, but it works also in selling tickets. So he's incentivized on both ends to be like, 
hey, keep going. Like, yeah, the, yeah, that was pretty fucked up what you said, but keep going. And then he went too far and he threw basically a dolly into a bus and broke a window. And then they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> now you're doing illegal shit. We can't cover that. Yeah. Calm down. But you know but that poke drove. fun at this dude's religion. Go ahead and do that. But I, don't you know, throw a chair. Do you know what I say about like or whatever? I mean, here's what I don't get is like for for that to be the excuse that you know you suddenly are able to brawl in the crowd with people that you don't like that have talked shit on you. You're basically saying that the that freedom of speech shouldn't be a thing like there's consequences to this yes like if you said something you need to pay the price to it to some degree i would agree with that but you're excusing um accountability you're excusing like somebody said something mean about me now i have to go physically like hurt them yeah because uh, that proves my point yeah it just show it doesn't you know i i look at it kind of different what people maybe you're thinking about that thing because if you're a fan of Khabib you're saying that like you're kind of excused like Connor talked a bunch of shit Connor's done some equally insensitive things or he's even done physical violence and you know preamble like throwing a bottle at somebody's face or whatever he did to the the Diaz fight he's done oh, some shit yeah but that that's that's in in bad faith for an argument because the but what about argument is a fallacy so if you look at somebody's behavior and you go, yeah, but what about the guy that he was fighting? He does bad stuff too. And you're like, that's not, that's not the thing that we're trying to like measure everything by is the guy that gets paid more than him. We're talking about behavior as a whole, like what's acceptable. Yeah. You need to talk some shit to somebody. It's fun actually. Like that, that drives the whole caricature of the fight. You give personality to these people and if somebody doesn't have personality they're not going to be a good fighter either because it won't last like you look at uh ronda rousey and she was absolutely physically talented you know 10 times undefeated or whatever she had one loss and she acted the exact opposite of what people respect and she lost everything within you know a year it's all gone everything so your behavior and how your attitude where it does follow your actual skill which kind of this is a really bizarre way how this kind of fumbled into but our discussion today was kind of on a similar note i don't know if you see that the correlation is like um we there's this saying that came came up about don't quote that dude okay <laughs> i won't no. but it led to so i'll just like redact that part but then yeah, it led like, to a really interesting question kind of credence I well, mean, even you, if, even if they you know come up with a good thought totally and i yeah. agree because it's not worth it but it did point at something that has to do with this are you just training to be a good athlete or are you training to be good at being a good athlete or being athletic and how these how the this slight difference it like influences your path because most of our respected athletes are one trick ponies right they're they're good at one thing and the rest of their life is in shambles and you're you're looking at you know we respect them we put them on a pedestal and we're like oh look at conor mcgregor made like a hundred million dollars fighting and he came from the slums and he was on welfare um and it looks like he illuminates that his life is all well put together but i would say that the the actual orchestra that's following his life is fucking a disaster like it, it always will be because he isn't practicing the same principles that he puts towards being an excellent athlete in other places in his life maybe that's a I, long conclusion but 
I, yeah, with with him as a picture, an, an example. I don't I don't know that because I don't know. I mean, I haven't like paid attention to anything that goes a lot on of around it's him. Conjecture. Than- so to be fair, a lot of it's conjecture. But like you know, the whole like maybe I look too much into it. It's like cheating on his wife. Like uh, everything that goes into it. Um, uh, that's. And you know, f- brawling the streets, throwing dollies at buses, just to like because you're enraged. Well, somebody a said something. Volatile right? person, so you can assume that maybe his not fight life is also volatile and could go up. You know, true. I, and maybe you take you know, well, take Khabib, the exact opposite. It's some guy who's silent, uh, doesn't have this persona. He's good at ver- like specifically one thing, which is fighting. Um, and then given the opportunity, now he has a title belt. The first thing he does as a champion as it goes and fights somebody in the crowd right. and loses his fucking purse and you're like now you're fucked because you go home and your dad is going to beat the living piss out of you which he said in some interview <laughs> his dad is going to like wreck him and like okay your life is in shambles because you didn't actually control other things like as an athlete i think you put everything in control you were um exquisite and talented and like you you put an extraordinary amount of effort into this one thing but then you let it all go and this is how i think most people when they look at sports they see like oh how good is that athlete oh you mean that one athlete that one person who could do that one thing that for five minutes on sunday afternoon makes me really happy Mm. but then i mean it's the 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 thing for me is you know to okay what am i looking at here you know what 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 am i seeing yes extreme athletic performance that's absolutely shocking and 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 um and then you know peek behind the curtain mm. and they go well i don't i don't I, I can't i don't give a fuck that that guy was able to do that thing with that ball at that time under all that pressure mm. Because, yeah, beats his wife, has two bastard children, blah, 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 gambling habit, et, et cetera. Like all of the... the, the, the yeah, maybe the, NFL is a way better... Well, like, I was going to say, I was just going to say in the NFL, I think you see it post uh, players' careers. I don't know the statistic, but it's something outrageous where like 40% of them are like flat broke a year after their contracts are up or... Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what the actual stat is, but it's right. something outrageous to the point of like oh cool you're if we had google in here we could probably look that up but why do we care yeah we don't and we don't because it because it it, in general i think you're right that yeah that uh and i look at that as just like wow he should have you know had a little bit better um guidance counselor in school well or whatever i don't know yeah i don't know i didn't listen to my guidance counselor well and this is i this is like (laughs) this goes back to like does school actually like is the education we receive actually teach us to balance a checkbook like generally they're enforcing the same bad incentives they're like take somebody who has some kind of talent in some fucking ridiculous sport like football or even you know track or any of these things and they like you know oh you get free college now because you're good at this one trick pony stuff and in fact you don't even have to be really good at the learning part we'll just like get you in and get you a diploma because we want you to pay for our college because actually the college makes millions of dollars off of the NCAA or they right. make, you know, they have all these deals where they're bartering basically slave work, which is athletes working for free who are really talented and they, you know, okay, you get a diploma or whatever. Um, You're going to get so much shit for saying that. 
<laughs> but how, like that that's don't a, worry it'll just be on social media <laughs> <laughs> but that, i think it's unfair to them as a, they think they should be paid yeah like i think th- there's no college athlete why are they not fucking paid yeah i know there's the, been committees coaches are making millions of dollars put together to try to change that i just don't know Oh, but they can't How, because yeah. you're talking about a system that is set up to make money for free off of right. people like who are talented. That'll not like if they can, oh, they will never free. let that they're, go. They're, they're, the college is paying for their education. <laughs> well, in which case you're like, okay, yeah, like <laughs> what, free, 50, maybe they even get grand. housing or something. Well, fifty a, a year. Well, it depends or on what school they go to. I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I don't. Uh, and and what part of it is free because like was, let's say full ride scholarship which usually includes like even books and you yeah, know tuition right. and dorm, food everything yeah, yeah. everything it, it's stipend. as long as yeah, you yeah. eat in the cafeteria yeah or yeah, yeah, yeah is it like a, a I think it's however it might even be a stipend like it might be it might be allowance for food yeah okay. it might, in best case like, scenario right? uh, like the school I went to you got like a card that was like your name card but you could scan it so anywhere on campus where you could scan that I would assume for players like that they get what they want. Okay. I would assume. I have no idea. I'm, they probably couldn't buy the whole store, so maybe a stipend is something they get, but I don't know. Like it's a, there's a limit, yeah. a monthly limit on like your card. Like you can't bring 50 friends into the cafeteria and feed all of them. Yeah. Well, let's call it Let's call it what it is. Let's just call it 50 grand a year or something, or 50 grand a semester. What do we want to... That's how they're getting paid. Uh, yeah, for, for... Except for the guys who are really good who are paying to go there. So they're, they're paying. They're giving the school money for their education and to attend and then the school is also earning more money potentially off the off the back of their athletic performance but but i don't think it's st- it's still not a good incentive like you're you're what's well, a bit without oh, i'm not offending. arguing for it i'm just I, i'm <laughs> just trying to navigate cuz i'm not totally clear on how it works other than i know that the well, sports revenues for a lot of the big schools Sure, it's purposefully obfuscated, though. Like this is purposely underground and misunderstood because it is, uh, it's a, a scam of sorts, and it's something colleges do. And you could start like, what is it? What is the purpose of an educational facility? Um, to educate people in whatever category they need to go in. I was going to say to make money, but it is to make money. Um, a school has to make money, just like any other business. Um, but it's subsidized first and foremost. So. As soon as federal money started feeding into this college, and I don't want to get like too far into the weeds, but it, it, it created an inflation in cost of college, right? Like when I first got into college, it was $1,100 a semester or something. For the same school now, it's like close to 11000 That's less yeah. than, that's less than, what is that? I guess it's a lot longer than I thought it's been. Well, <laughs> in the four years, like yeah, it's 15 been a years, right? Yeah. 15 years. It has that's ten times the price. Yeah, my school went up seven grand in the four years I attended it. Yeah, okay, so perfect example. Yeah. So th- that's so it is a money making scheme first and foremost because of subsidies yeah. is the the one reason that happens. And then we take the sports person who let's say they have some talent. Wh- why can't they just play professional sports? Like, why is the feeding to put them through college into like if they're that talented, it would be much more useful to foster them as a professional athlete and treat them as such rather than running them dry on like, oh, you have to make it to this class, then come back here, then fly here, then go to this and then play this game and then study for this thing that why, why? like unless they wanted an education at the same time as being athletic, that would make sense. But the only reason that is a thing is because the trade-off is, well, the federal government is reimbursing us for us giving them a scholarship. 
That, that's the real thing. So they're making double the money off of pulling somebody in for a scholarship because they're reimbursed, uh, reimbursed federally. So you have this money-making scam for the college. And plus, when let's just take basketball, you're an NCAA player. You, they make millions and millions of dollars off of airing those uh, yeah. games. Yep. And millions and millions of dollars off of, you know, uh, Under Armour providing them certain equipment or uh, advertising with them and local banks or whatever the, the whatever the local economy is advertising for those games. Like you're talking and what is their overhead for it? Free free tuition that the federal government pays for. Like it's a fucking scam for sure. And people can get mad at, at whatever they want. But like, why not just put forth the incentive that you want? We want good athletes. Great. There should be a program for that that does not include all these shit show stuff that goes along with it because you'll see longevity in it too. Cause right now a big problem with like pulling professional athletes out of that is like such a small percentage can actually make it, which is how it's supposed to be just based off of basic elitism. But, um, the farming system is really fucked up because you're, you're, I don't, it's, it's, it's tough to square this away with one sport, but, it seems like it's triangulated behavior to me. Like it's um, getting some, like pulling on one string and pretending it's something else to get some trick out of it. But there's a burn rate for all these athletes and, and people know about it, right? Like only what I think 90% will fail or something to make it to a professional. Only 90% <laughs> will fail. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> only that's being that's generous. Just a, that's just that is being better, generous, I think. But it's just a better way to look at it then only 10% will make it. Oh, dude, I'm an optimist. Didn't <laughs> yeah, you hear? Yeah, I don't I like life-changing moments. <laughs> <laughs> only 90% will fail. Uh, it's probably it, closer to like 98. But I, th I think there's, um, there is still this idea, and whether anybody adheres to it or not it, it, it is kind of irrelevant, of, of the college producing a more well-rounded person. So let's just say, yeah, this guy is athletically very, very mm -hmm. gifted, talented, whatever works hard to develop that talent um, and, uh, you know, goes on to a professional career and goes out due to injury and, 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 you know, within two years of joining the professional league or whatever. And if that kid doesn't have any education, um, you know, to, to fall back on, mm -hmm. And I hope they had a good investment advisor during those first two years, but which they probably they didn't. certainly didn't, which they certainly didn't. But, but the idea that, that like, okay, when I'm looking at someone who's playing the sport that they televise, you know, on a college level, I'd like to, well, fuck, is there a competition where you have an accordion and you get a little <laughs> chimpanzee that dances next to you? <laughs> Is that or is that just like a random thing on the street? That's just from, a German oh, pastime. Okay. Uh, wait, okay. That's not I, CrossFit. <laughs> oh my You're god! Talking about broad time adult model domains. Unknown. Unknown. I don't know. Accordion for time, or until someone beats you to death with your instrument because they can't take it anymore. But um, uh, but then that would be like that'd be. Uh, shit! Stop me. Um, but I I just don't. I want to see past the trick. Like, yeah, 102-yard punt return. Fucking amazing. I don't even know what that means. I'm <laughs> that means you're two yards deep in the end zone when you catch the ball and you oh, okay. get and all you the run way. run it yeah. to the other end zone. Yeah. And you run it to the yes. other end zone. Okay. Um, 
I, I, I had to stop at 102 because I didn't know how deep the end zone was. <laughs> like, I think it's another I, 10 yards. Is it, it's is 10, it 10? Yeah. Is it okay? So the so. full field is 120. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talking about football, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's with the yeah. little white ball but, with the red stitching on it, right? <laughs> no, I got one of no, those. That's, that's a baseball. That's <laughs> the one that says Titleist. <laughs> and it's a little bit smaller than the other one, which is also white. I don't know why. Well, these so balls here's, are, it, that was a long, but, drawn out, like maybe totally separate subject having to do with like the unfairness of how we incentivize athletes to become professional athletes, which is a big dangly thing that says hope over here. I mean, dangle for them. Yeah, but that's just life. But that's risk. And I yeah. have nothing against risk. It's how I'm we just go saying, fishing also. I, I mean, would just like to actually separate the idea of risk being like, hey, you want a potential $100 million job uh, or contract or whatever. You have the talent you fix into these things. Well, guess what? Like, you're gonna take. You're gonna roll the dice, and then you can either do this sport, and if you blow your ACL, that thing goes out the window or whatever. That's fine with me. And we got a nice job at the Chevron. Exactly, and then you. or you made. You know, you only made it through fifty million uh, of your contract, so you take that, and then you go to school because then you can focus on the thing. Because what we do right now is we have idiotic athletes, like they're not very well educated, and nor socialized. Or, or, or sometimes, yeah, 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 like exactly. d- d- yeah. in, in in the in the way that, like, yes, this behavior within the context of this mm-hmm. stadium, cage, octagon, ring, mm-hmm. whatever, is totally acceptable. In fact, we promote it. We yeah, it's, you, it's encouraged. It's mm-hmm. yes, we encourage it. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, h- however, that you need to be able to flip that switch on and off at will. So that you don't become the guy who throws the dolly through the bus window when you're not in the fucking octagon anymore. Uh, but I don't think we want, like. We don't actually want educated athletes, though, and this is a big problem. Oh. And and you see this like, um, isn't more education for more people better for the world in general? <laughs> well, not when those people come to like. Oh, this is the TBI injury rate from playing the football uh, from NFL for ten years. Yeah, no thanks. Especially if you just run the numbers. So there's a I can't remember his name, which is. Shit, it's gonna it's gonna come back to me. But Wait, so a, you don't want them to? You want them to be too stupid before pre- expo- being presented with that percentage? Well, yeah, because or that risk. Why, there's so the poorest countries in the world and some of the poorest places in our culture today are where we extract uh, professional athletes from because of the hope and this idea that they can quote unquote make it, and so. You know, maybe you take one kid from a poor community and he's a professional baseball player out of thousands or even hundreds of thousands, and everybody will look at that like, yeah, I can do that. So they farm this idea, but that is so rare and against the grain when in reality, like you're you're betting on a one in 100,000 shot. When Whereas in reality, if you just studied math. Exactly. You could something. have a job, and this is how it worked out. So there was an NFL player who um, he was – he was going to school. He's a fairly intelligent guy, took a mathematics program, got into statistics, got into the NFL, started running the math for what he was actually making and the risk that he was taking with traumatic brain injury. And he was like, oh, fuck, no, this is stupid. Statistically, I could get a job as a manager at Walmart and I would be better off in 15 years because of the overhead and the cost and the extreme risk associated with the NFL. Plus, he was like, I won't Plus have... being drawn into, you know, the lifestyle that would go along exactly. with it. Exactly. 
And that, that was the big trap, he said, is people get checks for millions of dollars, but they don't understand that that is supposed to go further than what they think. That is not so you can buy 10 houses a year. That's actually supposed to be for the fact that you're going to retire in five years right. because your body is going to be so broken and your brain so damaged that that's the only way you can take care of yourself. So this guy retired after two years and went back and got a PhD in mathematics, and now he's an astrophysicist. Because he, he just looked statistically. So if you want smart athletes, they don't do athletics anymore because most of the risk involved or isn't the, attractive or the, enough. Or if you're educated, you realize the payoff from physical yeah. effort is so low because it's not only 90%. You know, it's at high level where you're making significant income. It's not 90% will fail. It's... Oh. 99% will fail. Yeah, and well, so, I, I, and if your chosen the... sport is running, for example... Oh. A, you know, career's a bit short, and B, you better have a, you know, another job. Right. Well, I, there's probably, seems. there's I, also a misconception in most professional sports about the amount of money that gets made. So, you know, let's say, because uh, uh, I I am keeping it inside this room, but it seems like I'm um, going off on some tangent against like people getting educated. and yeah. But it really has to do with uh, the whole idea behind what a good athlete is. Like, this guy can do a trick. Let's pay him a lot of money. Therefore, if I just learn a trick, I'll get a lot of money. And that's what I think the trap is. But if you run the numbers on soccer, and I don't know exactly what they are, but when I heard them, it was actually quite shocking that the average soccer player makes less than $30,000 a year. Like professional soccer, playing internationally. And then every once in a while, you'll have your Ronaldos that make hundreds of millions of dollars. But it's like cycling. Like, you have your lances and you're some guys pulling down a hundred million dollars but the average payout in professional cycling is like twenty seven thousand dollars a year like wait what i can go work at target and then i can bike ride on the weekends like (laughs) i don't understand like what this like the idea of success if i just become a professional at this they will pay me and i'll have free bikes i mean because even in france they have target yeah yeah Yeah. I mean, it's but, true, but it's funny because, um, like, if you look at that sport, you know, the, originally the background was was quite a bit more blue collar than mm. I mean, especially in you know some of the European countries, mm-hmm. say France, Belgium, Spain, etc. You know, it's a, it was it was a working class sport, and it was mm-hmm. a way to get out of like other more hazardous physical industrial, labor, industrial yeah, yeah, type. Yeah. Okay, it's factory work. You're getting away from it. Could be mining back in the day. It could mm-hmm. be you know, any of these jobs. And so, you know, no matter the low wages, I'm outside riding my fucking bike as opposed to, you know, this. And then, and then as it developed into something that became more present and more sort of followable or in terms of like presenting it to an audience and earning money off it, either to sell newspapers, which is how, um, both the tour and the Giro started. Um, then more money came into it and, 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 and it attracted, um, and and it became an interesting option for more, you know, different athletes. I don't yeah. want to say more intelligent, but people who who had other options, mm-hmm. you know, at um, bef- uh, before. And and I and I do think that 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 hope carrot is it looks especially tasty to everyone, no matter what the situation you're in. You know, in a way of like, oh, if I if I learned the trick or you know whatever th- that that is, then I then I might not have to do this. I might be able to make 
earn a living off doing a thing that I actually love doing as opposed to earning a living off of, you know, doing something that I don't like and then reserving that love for the weekends, which actually ultimately in the end is probably the better option because you start doing what you love for your job and then uh, you, you, you the, the tendency to love that thing a bit less um, is there. So I guess my, because um, this sounds like I'm fairly opinionated. I get that. I'm not, like I'm not trying to dissuade people from, seeing that man one day they could be really great because that's what i think i mean when i ask the question like what does sport or being an athlete offer you like what other than a million dollar pipe dream or fame uh, okay that's one thing but fame is power and so we're talking about power or money um it's definitely taking away your health if we're at the highest level of any sport i don't care what it is you're risking something in order to perform generally yes. speaking right? yeah um and it takes a lot of time. So you're losing time, you're losing health, and you may or may not increase your wealth or your power. So you, and that's not much different than the the guy. Kind of sounds like every job. Well, it totally does because <laughs> to, to most jo- and then this is like basically how it goes. It's like it's just on in, a, in the sport context that the timeline is compressed. And I think in the sport context, the health is validated for a risk, and in the cubicle worker, the health is declining because they just don't fucking take care of themselves or or the job is so stressful that that's the the, yeah. the risk assessment so that that being said i i don't want to sound like I'm, I'm against this pipe dream because i think that what athletics might show you and maybe that's what i'm hopeful for isn't just to be good at a trick it's to develop a tenacity for something and applying that to different um domains if you can see way to bring it back mm-hmm. um if you can see that the the characteristics that you are learning by participating in the sport and trying to improve your position in that sport mm-hmm. are also things which can easily be applied if if they're the right lessons mm. to other aspects of life whether you choose to express them in other aspects of life is, is a different different thing but i think a lot of you know the, the i mean part of what i wanted to touch or discuss today was that idea of like, okay, the the extreme performance in this one particular area, not trickling down, Mm. if you will, or branching out or fumigating. I'm going to fumigate the rest of my life with, you know, my lessons that I learned in this one particular channel. And I, and that to me is, that's why I've, you know, oh, if I'm, I like to watch this particular athlete because of the depth that also goes with it. Mm. So that I could, you know, if I was saying, if I, if I could take it back to the UFC, it appeared to me at the time that a guy named Rich Franklin mm. was, if I recall, he was a school teacher. Yes. Yeah. Math teacher. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, a highly educated individual who was also articulate, incredibly mm. polite, who after one of his fights, I mean, it was the most shocking thing I'd ever seen in a fight scenario after, and I can't remember exactly who he had fought, but I believe he won that fight, and he went up afterwards, and he shook the guy's hand, and he said, thank you for the opportunity. And it was absolutely, I mean, sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, oh, my goodness, this is, there is, there's a lot more here than another character of the time who would have been Tim Sylvia, who wore his belt 
you know, when he walked to the Seven Eleven to get a Slurpee so that everyone <laughs> knew that he had the title. Or maybe he just so, loved it so much or he didn't have locks on the doors of his apartment or, you know, whatever. I don't know what it was, but, but and look at those two individuals. And I'm like, I'd much rather watch, listen to, um, you know, try to learn from the one guy as opposed to the other. Because I can't learn from the trick. I can't even, I, I don't even understand the trick, you know, whatever I call it the trick. You know, I don't understand elite performance in the context of that particular sport. Therefore, I'm not learning anything from it. That's just pure. That's, you know, that's the Coliseum. It's just fucking entertainment. And, um, but if there's more depth, then that is when I start to find it kind of interesting. It's like, okay, you went this far in this thing. And, how does that manifest in other areas of life? Because you do see, sorry to, to yeah, keep, keep going here, but you do see a lot of guys or you do see some athletes who are, or, you know, and not even athletes, but people who, you know, if they have learned these universal lessons and, 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 you know, and, and, and learned themselves and learned how to apply these ideas, extrapolate them out of the context, you know, from within which they were learned and, and focus and, and apply them to other things. You see people who are like, oh, I did this for a while. And then, um, and then I decided that, that this had my interest and they were relatively successful or, or just focused enough on it to take it all the way, like to go into the deep end of the pool and that, and then maybe they find another interest and they go into the deep end of the pool of that and develop mm. themselves in a way. And, and, and that's okay. What is that thing? What is that common thread that allows that person? And not that you get to have that thread just simply by identifying it, but looking at it and go like, okay, there's something very cool going on here that allows me to live a pretty whole life with a lot of different potential pursuits, maybe in different time frames, um, uh, it, it, throughout life as in not all at the same time. Um, but, but what is this thing and, and, you know, the, the, what am I seeing? Not that I want it or I want the shortcut to it or any of that bullshit stuff. I just want to kind of understand what that is because those are the characteristics I would like to help other people develop and, you know, potentially, you know, younger people. And that, I got, what I got, I mean, what came to mind from you explaining that was that when, when I think about what most people get from sport, they're just they're looking for a very superficial conquest kind of deal, which most, you know, and I'll, I'll take the, you know, uh, brunt of this as being like, most males are looking to validate their ability. And that's what sport yeah. provides. And if I can validate my ability, then I can have some self-esteem or I can have some kind of purpose. And that's why it's really good for young kids uh, because you get a, um, you, you learn something, you apply it, and then you feel validated for doing that. And if you just take away sport and apply that process over and over again, you can accomplish literally anything. You can just apply the same formula, which is I need to develop the skills. I need to use it in order to overcome something. And when I succeed, I pat myself on the bat and then I, I, I find another conquest. Except now when you don't succeed, you still get a trophy telling you <laughs> that you're doing really well and you should keep doing the thing that you're really bad at so you don't ever get the chance to start pursuing something you could be good at because you just assume you're good at everything yeah that it seems like you i know that's gonna, not where you're going with that no, i'm sorry but, I, but no it kind of i mean keegan it, you're so 
cynical for I'd someone so young. Crazy, <laughs> uh, but but it, it, no, that really is kind of where I'm going with this whole thing. Like there is uh, the same thing happens. Like when when males are in their 20s, they're looking for like conquest with females. Basically, they're just trying to like churn it out. Hey, they're just trying to hook up. Maybe other dudes. Oh yeah. Too. Oh, I mean, but but that that is a general, and I'm talking generally. There's obviously yeah. people that go against the grain. Um, I mean, I just wanted to be inclusive. Oh, yeah. There's some females probably doing it too, just to be fair. And there's probably some gender fluid people out there that are nondescript, but also want to share fluid but, <laughs> <laughs> that comes out of some nondescript orifice. So <laughs> they got her. Yeah. <laughs> no, the idea the idea is there that like um and it you don't realize how uh self-reflective that action is until you actually like unveil it. Like that that this conquest and spending, you know, an intimate moment with somebody just because you wanted to see if you could do it is empty. And it's actually a gesture, it's more of a reflection of how empty you are on the inside. Not to say that you can't enjoy it and that can't be a lifestyle for somebody. It's just that that is usually masking something else. And I think sport offers the same exact thing. And when you, you know, give a trophy for everybody, that also masks what the utility so of it is. So basically what okay, just take away <laughs> from what this exchange that just happened mm. is if everyone gets a trophy, that is a facsimile that's basically saying that everyone got laid. Sport. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't right? say that. It's sport fucking. And, <laughs> and, and, and not everyone does. Right. Yeah. No, not everyone does. <laughs> so. Unless you have money or power. No. <laughs> See, so again, not or, everyone does. And that becomes uh, it, a hashtag me too thing. But, but uh, I, I agree that, that, that this, if, if, if the, if the, the, you know, one of the, the, the main attractions or the main sort of aims of participation in sport for adolescents, children, you know, whatever, is that development of confidence and self-esteem, then, you know, clearly if anybody smart fucking looked at it, they would say that, well, rewarding poor performance does, you know, uh, runs is opposite of the intended aim of the whole exercise. Yeah. I, I'm just trying like, to think. I, if, I mean, it may in the moment make everybody feel good, except for the person who actually won, because then everybody who that individual beat, you know, or conquered or whatever, gets put up on the same level, at least superficially with a piece of fucking plastic. Um, but like, it just doesn't, it, it, do, it doesn't make sense if you extend the timeline. Like, okay, what's the result of reinforcing you know, saying that participation is the same as success. Yeah, I remember, uh, I don't know, whatever eighth grade is, were you 13, 14, whatever it is, I don't know. I was on a basketball team, and I basically had a coach tell me that I sucked. Okay. Um, which could have made me quit playing basketball and move on to other things. No, that's a PTA meeting, and that is a... Na now it would be, yeah. right? But I mean, at <laughs> I that time... I high-five the fuck out of that coach. <laughs> right, and that was like, I was like, oh, shit, I got to try harder at this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I ended up going on, I played basketball in college. So I like to think that was some sort of a defining moment in my life for like, oh, you're not good at this thing, you can work harder and get better at it. Yeah. But I would never know that unless somebody told me. Right. And I'm like, okay, if that if something like that never happened or doesn't happen to kids anymore, when you're like 24 and you have $200,000 of debt from college and you want to go to your first job 
and somebody tells you like, Hey, you're fired. Cause you fucking suck at this job. How do you handle that emotionally? If you've never had to handle it when you're like 10, I've never like, sucked at anything. How could I suck at this? <laughs> right. But I have I a trophy. What are yeah, you talking I, I about? No, I have a hundred trophies. Yeah. And they're all from eighth place to like 11th place. And you're yeah. like, yeah, okay. Go, Top go. 10 ish. Yeah. <laughs> Go work at Walmart. See how that works out. But it's just like emotionally, how do you handle that stuff? When when you're a kid, you're obviously not emotionally equipped to handle that. But that's why, you know, you hopefully have parents or a guardian or a big brother or somebody or a coach that can help you through those things. But now they're just like, oh, like, sorry, you suck. But here's here's your ribbon. And you're like, oh, cool. I earned this. No, you didn't. I, well, so the earning thing is interesting because this whole – equality thing is becoming you know that, that's not a microaggression it's but, not no but because people want this oh, so that was equality with a small e. yeah, yeah okay i get it because yeah. I, like, I like the way you did that equality of opportunity but people want a quality of experience like oh he gets to do that so i should be able to get to do that right. therefore i'm uh entitled to this experience which isn't like that this sounds really unfair but unfairness is some of the best things that have ever happened to humans because then they make changes because of it but there's a lot of complacency going on with the equality of experience when you when everybody gets a trophy that is absolutely a disservice to the person that came in last place because right. that person doesn't see that they need to change they don't see that there is something actually superior happening and that is my my take on elite sports is like it's the definition of elitism as in you're not included and we are better than you and you can't have this experience you can't have this this is impossible you can't make the money that we're making you can't run as fast as we can run you can't throw or jump or you know fuck like we can that we're the wilt chamberlains of the fucking world and, and that that classifies what a human experience can be and that that needs to be it's not that it's better or that it's worse it's that it's different and that it's not available to everybody and that's kind of the usefulness of sport for me because i've bounced to so many different things and had different experiences but never an elite experience you know i've never uh played professional ball anything i've never you know done any endurance professional anything or even at the highest level but that doesn't mean I haven't learned from it. My experience is my own, and it's on a spectrum in between elite and shitty, probably somewhere above sucks, but less than something. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. L less than good, but better than sucks. Yeah, and that's okay. So I'm like, when I say things shouldn't be fair, I'm one of the per people that it's not fair for. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, you know, I'm the elite person, therefore I get to dictate from the top down. I'm saying I'm dead in the middle, and this is perfectly normal. That I have to try really hard just to, you know, just to be in the middle, just to be in the middle. I have to try. Yeah. I mean, to, to add five pounds to a bench press is very hard for me to do. I have to work really fucking hard at it. Unlike some people who, you know, it is a little bit easier and they are gifted with that. That's totally OK, because I have to then use what I learned from trying to get better in every aspect of my life. Yeah. And that was what was beautiful for me learning from sport, which I didn't get for a very long time. Well, it's like that stupid bike that I just got. <laughs> I love that it's already a stupid bike. <laughs> well, I just know where it's going to go. But I assume at some point. No, no, no. You have no idea where that bike is going to take you. This might not be completely factual because you guys feel the need to torture people, which people being me at some point. 
But like I understand at some point like Joe might be in town, Sean might be in town, you might have a race coming up, Mark, or maybe Michael, you want to do a race. Or we accidentally sign you up for Sure. A race. And I'm not saying I won't be invited to most of the rides, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there'll be times where it's like, okay, I have to get down to training. This is probably too hard for Keegan. I don't want to have to wait for him to keep up or baby him. And I'm totally fine with that because I've learned through my other Mm -hmm. endeavors in sports. Like if I wanted to go play five on five basketball, Mark, you might not be my first phone call. I (laughs) expect not. Um, Right. I I can, I can, um, actually there's nothing involved in basketball that I can help with. (laughs) No, I I was going to buy him. When you were in, drink beer when you were in Leavesden yeah. on the last job in Leavesden, I, you were nailing oh. some baskets. I was like, I'm going to buy you a pair of Air Jordans <laughs> for sure. Mark's getting Air Jordans. Air, well, so 1986, Air Jordans were the trekking shoe of choice for all Himalayan approaches, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> it's too bad it wasn't the Nike decade. Yeah, I was I, just thinking the same thing. You know, <laughs> I, I wish I still had a pair of in the box new nike decades did you used to have a pair of those no 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 that was not a shoe that i was attracted to not into black (laughs) shoes my air jordans were white and i kept them that way that would make george happy you know i had for as long as i could it would make ross happy as well actually (laughs) my first pair of air jordans was the rasta edition no (laughs) shit fucking awesome oh my word i don't remember what mine were called but i very distinctly remember getting them yeah they they were white and gray yeah, they, nice. they change everything. Yeah. But yeah. I instantly became a better basketball player. It had nothing to do yeah, with hard work. No, this is no shit. This is not a joke. Because um, uh, we're talking to a, uh, the guy, uh, Peter. Uh, okay, Paul, wait, wait, Paul, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I got to just, I, yeah. I need to stop your progression there for just a second. Yes. Because, because, now, do you guys remember we made a joke on the podcast? <laughs> About I don't who, think I don't remember ever doing that. Okay, okay. I didn't remember I, it either, yeah, and so I, it was even stranger it was even to me. Stranger yeah. when having made a joke about if you you know bring us a jar of moonshine with some nectarines or kiwi fruits or you know whatever fruit of your choice in it, um, you know it'll end up we'll reward you with this cool T-shirt that you know we just came up with, and we did just like just say shit randomly. And and then all of a sudden, seminar, three excuse yeah. me, symposium, three yeah. guys show up with moonshine and fruit, which they traveled on an airplane with, which yes. is the best thing ever. They actually. all had to check bags for it. Yeah, that just and and so randomly, right now, I had this idea. I think I had the same to, idea to, to go along with with that. You know, just because you know we kind of want the match set of this of like. <clears throat> religious cult memorabilia um, <laughs> that I was just thinking I'd, and I mentioned to Keegan that we we got to get a pair of Nike decades and just leave them by the front door of the gym they'll just be there forever and every every now and then somebody will walk in and be like hey someone left their shoes here who did that every time I've walked in those shoes have still been here who did that and we're like former members <laughs> well what happened to them they caught a spaceship <laughs> We think we. <laughs> I, I hope they think. I hope they did. I mean, I mean they were on be, the news. It was a big deal. It was a. It was a big deal. I mean, you know, put Rancho Santa Fe on the map, as far as I can recall. But um, anyway, uh, uh, so just put it out there. Anybody uh, last? You know, we checked the checked eBay yesterday. Uh, new inbox decades, ten and a half preferred. Si- well. 
No, the ten and a halfs were were oh. used. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were so still I, going I for fourteen hundred dollars. We could be, yeah. be picky on size right now. No, no, I don't think so either. But yeah, a pair of new in box uh, Nike Decades was available on eBay. Probably still is today for sixty six hundred dollars. <laughs> Just based on their association with a. Yeah, mythical space, spaceship. Sixty six hundred and sixty dollars. Is that what you said? Yeah. So well, six 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 would have been <laughs> so <laughs> totally appropriate. Actually, talking about <laughs> things that we say on this podcast and later forget or or, or regret. regret <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there that if we have another event, no matter the cost, if you show up with an actual verified pair of Nike Decade <laughs> shoes, then you get in for free. I, I second that. There is no need. I, I third it. Okay. There's no need to to uh, reserve a spot. You, there's always a spot welcome for somebody who can bring a pair of Nike Decade <laughs> shoes and leave them at our front door. It's going to be great when our next <laughs> seminar, 30 people show up <laughs> with a pair of Nike Decade no, shoes. Seminar is free. Yeah. You just broke. Okay. So the price you had uh, told me was $6,660. Yeah. So it was six six six. Oh, shit. Which is perfect. So those That's shoes the aren't getting... <laughs> <laughs> aren't getting sold anytime soon. <laughs> Not unlike a camera I've been watching for the last six weeks. <laughs> Apparently it just keeps like going away on eBay and then I get a notice like, hey, you watched this this thing and it was gone and now it's back. You have another, get it now before you regret it. <laughs> How are those regrets going? <laughs> um, I kind of actually, I think the way you started off the podcast actually exemplified how it's going how, perfectly. How the regret yeah. is going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got an email I, today that said, hey, remember you were looking at Nike Decade shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I actually I, I saw a, um, a really interesting um, commentary today uh, re- regarding that, that, like the pop-up advertising that, that happens um, with... You know, any any course, you know, I got a free email account, or you know, with Hotmail or whatever. If I yeah, if I pay hundred bucks a year, they can make the advertising go away, as I have done with my Google account. Um, I think it's less than a hundred a year. But uh, one guy was saying, you know, I'm 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 I prefer Apple because if I use the Google suite of products, then they're basically harvesting my information to target me more accurately with advertising. Mm. And it's not that I mind that. Yeah, yeah. It's not that I mind that they they know me and that they show you know that they you know they, they can effectively advertise to me um it's not that I, I mind the idea of it it's just i don't want the fucking distraction yeah so that when i'm trying to type an email like a business email and like this ad over on the <laughs> right hand it's just it's blinking and another hot chick you know shows up and then like a fucking car shows up like a strip and, club ad yeah you know or whatever it is like the the thing that's super distracting that makes the email take 10 times as long and i just thought that really is it like to have that constant distraction i'll I'll pay to not have that so that I could be slightly more productive. So this is, fu- have you seen Maniac yet? No. Have you watched it yet? Was that Netflix? Uh, yeah. No, not yet. What in the I, fucking, it now is that you brought so, it up, my I phone will probably give me a fucking ad for so it. So good though. But, but they have, so they have a thing in there that's actually pretty don't, funny. Cause it's, don't say it out loud. From the peer, for, so imagine it's happening. Uh, imagine if you were in the eighties and you were imagining what the future would be like, that's what it would be like. So it's the eighties, but it's the future eighties. Does that make sense? 
No. <laughs> so like, but now I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I haven't you seen? Uh, there's a video. You just reminded me that I have in my, you know, I, I keep meaning to watch Nymphomaniac. So, so but, you know, so you know, in the 50s when they would like imagine the future, it was like so, guns like whatever people shit. So 50s futuristic. Yeah, in the 80s, the future was gonna be. Yeah, is like what, like Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. that kind of deal. So but, hoverboards. Yeah, and, totally. That same exact thing. So this is the this is the environment in which this show takes place, which is excellent. But they have this thing called Ad Buddy. And when you're on the train, people just come down and sit next to you and start reading you ads. <laughs> and you can't, so you can't get away from it. They just sit there and be like, how about this product? And they read for however long you're there because it's public property and they're allowed to do so. And it's basically, they, they don't have cell phones yet because it's 80s in the future. They don't know what cell phones are and they have no idea that that would become a thing. So instead, their idea is that advertising would take place on a, in the same on a way that it's annoying to, today. Peer-to-peer -peer level. <laughs> totally. Like just it's just some <laughs> random dude wearing a suit, maybe. Yes, and just reading cards. And then and then you'll like ask him a question, he'll answer, and then go back to reading his job. And you're like, this is and you'll sit down at a restaurant, eat, and somebody'll sit down next to you because the ad buddy place pays the restaurant to come in and advertise to their patrons. I, I'm oh not even hearing what you're saying right now because all I'm thinking about is what that movie or show would look like now for like the two thousand ten to two thousand twenty what we assume the future will be like. Oh yeah, yeah. Based yeah. off of the conversation we had in the office earlier, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not enjoying it. Oh, I want nothing to do with I it. I want nothing to do with it. Oh, so, um, so when it's time, <laughs> <laughs> you, I probably shouldn't be your first phone call. Sure, <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just say that because because you'll just be encouraging. I, I well. <laughs> You Maybe know, not encouraging, but not discouraging. Not discouraging. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that the whole spaceship behind the comet thing was a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> and my version of Blaze of Glory is going to be a little bit different. <laughs> All of this, in fact, <laughs> in celebration of Mental Health Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I really hope, Michael, that you manifested as a hurricane. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I read today, this my favorite part about the about was it Florence who you, who just recently visited? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the wake of Florence, there's some apparently some like gigantic fucking mosquitoes that Whoa. have come festering. Fested. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> no it, shit. I don't want to say developed, born. You know, I don't know how it happened, but but somehow in the wake of Florence and these areas, huge areas of obviously standing water that mm. where yeah. you know. Areas that were not designed to drain as much water as was delivered by Florence, um, that these like oversized gigantic mosquitoes, and I'm just thinking, man, what comes after a mosquito? A locust, yeah, and a swarm of well, locusts. I was say a and giant then bat. now we're gonna or a giant bat. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Michael I mean, seems like it'd come with the giant bat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you tell us. Okay, yeah. What are you bringing? Yeah. Well, what are you bringing to the panhandle? After I take a, a tangent to the Bahamas. I'm gonna <laughs> sweep the sweep up the coast, try to take out every strip mall. I like I like focused sort of <laughs> hurricane ideas uh, that just target certain retail type institutions. Um, not that people would you know change their behavior if certain you know types of institutions were no longer available to them, but uh, yeah. In my head, I just meant the future would be like we'd be able to control weather 
we'd be creating hurricanes and then people would have to pay for a hurricane not to hit their area. We're already like seeding clouds to make it rain, right? Yeah, I think so. I know the Saudis do that. I think it's Saudis or they do it in Dubai all the time. Yeah. They like make it rain like once a week. Yeah. And there's some, they have clouds. They like they make them. Yeah, uh, they, I think there's a chemical that can put in. They can sprinkle into the air, and it forms yeah. clouds. In a day or two later, or something. I don't know the exact science. Which okay, maybe this, this sounds up, like but. one of those science fiction TV shows you were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, that's contrails, right? Isn't that you know, <laughs> yeah. the contrails start us. at the edge of where the Earth is flat? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I see. I, I knew it was all connected. And then you got to wear your tinfoil hat and. Well, only if you're nervous about the, you know, <laughs> that stuff. Let's see. Like um, I'd, I'd, I'd hate to, now with a, a will. <clears throat> Keegan, don't let Michael in on this, but um, would a tinfoil hat keep me, f- like, make me less susceptible to believing that the Earth is flat? No, I think it makes you more susceptible. Oh shit. It's the opposite. Okay, so what, once you so, start wearing tinfoil on your head, you're almost guaranteed within a week, Earth's flat. Earth's flat. Okay. No questions asked. Okay, so um, I was at the packing and shipping place today, and there was a guy. He had been to the airport, and he had a box, and they, he wanted to send the box and his luggage, and they told him he got to like shrink wrap this. So he was at the packing and shipping place, and he's getting a roll of shrink wrap. If I wrapped that around my head, you'll be in a much better place. I would think so. <laughs> pretty quick, right? Yeah. I'd get like, yeah, I'd become a. I I I would lack all belief within Just what two or three bliss. minutes. I believe so. Okay, <laughs> so it is a thing. Okay, cloud seeding. Um, they I thought it was silver something. It's silver iodine or dry ice that they seed into the air and then it creates clouds. Oh, it, they're rain. actually creating the clouds. Yeah, yeah. and then the cre- then the clouds disperse moisture. Yes, that yes. was so, contained in the dry. Yeah, so it goes. Uh, just. Water the fucking grass. Yeah. So give it ten years; those hurricanes are coming. If they're not already happening, well, so I, I induction of chemical, condensing of H two, liquid H two O, and then gaseous H two O, and then back to induction, and then rain. Interesting. Wow. I went straight to the conspiracy theories category. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so chemtrails um, or contra? What do you chemtrails? Yeah, chemtrails are from con. the planes. Contrails are something else. Chemtrails are what come. Yeah. No, yeah, it chem, chemtrails is like the tinfoil hat version of contrail, right? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't, maybe because because they're implying that there are chemicals in them. Oh yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 You're right. I just this or, is how fucking delusioned I am. I didn't know they were ever called contrails. I thought that what came Keegan's out of a plane. Up right now, I, I thought what came out of a plane was called a chemtrail. chemtrail. <laughs> yeah, I, unless they're like misting out the contents <laughs> of the chemical toilets. Um, that I don't think that would be. I've the been reading case. way too much on Infowars. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, this just says contrails are line-shaped clouds produced by aircraft engine exhaust or changes in air yeah. pressure. Typically at aircraft cruise altitude, several miles above the Earth's surface. Okay, so look up chemtrails and let's see what they say about that. Because, like, c- clearly there's some... Uh, they begin at the edge of the flat Earth, as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a song by Beck. Oh. Oh, nice. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Does it rhyme? I mean, it actually, okay, is it a good song, I guess, is the question. Cause it's by Beck, so it's like a... Yeah, so it is. It's, it's like a yeah. Uh, chemtrails are the conspiracy theories version of a contrail. Of a contrail, okay, yeah. okay. So, goddamn. So we went from like sport as a means of self discovery to chemtrails. Oh, and, it, and it does say they're <laughs> deliberately sprayed for purposes undisclosed to the general public. 
Okay. Yeah, some of them is so, like so what those uh, aircraft population doing? control is the one that I've heard or well, well it's apparently a shitty not working. Job that. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I was gonna say is like <laughs> if that's what it is, then you guys are fucking lame. <laughs> well, yeah, your your conspiracy that they should just admit that they failed and try again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe put something in the water instead of <laughs> fluoride. That's what fluoride's for. I thought that was to make the population docile so they could be more controllable or more susceptible to the to add buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> no, that that's a. Uh, Saltpeter. No, that's to neuter them. Yeah, yeah. To make them it's, infertile. No, I think fluoride was a was a popular a crowd control like Flor- mind, okay. Tested oh, on some people who didn't know they were getting it or some shit. You I know, if half of this shit worked, we'd probably be in a better place. <laughs> if half the conspiracy theories were true, we'd probably be better off. I imagine because they don't assign some kind of control to this whole thing yeah that somebody had a plan yeah, or somebody yeah or, or people were working in cohort to like accomplish something but instead it's just like blah chaos <laughs> and ultimately heaven's gate <laughs> I, I, which i'm very grateful for those <laughs> like actually reading the story because i've had to like go back i've been kind of blown away by it actually it's crazy what people will believe <laughs> like chemtrails yeah <laughs> it is weird and spaceships behind comets well i, I, I mean know. that was a fairly controlled sort of thing developed that was a belief that was developed over time and i don't want to like sound like i'm desperately steering this back into the direction but the idea that i believe that you know i can be a super sport athlete is a fucking conspiracy theory that we feed kids most of the time. Instead of saying that we should be doing this thing for this purpose, we mostly sell kids on like, look how famous and powerful you can be if you're a good athlete, as opposed to, hey, if you learn this process, you can do whatever the fuck you want. We, we do that same thing with all careers, though, don't we? Yes. Like, you could be a doctor and like, what? look at this TV show, even though obviously that's fake. Yeah. But you're like, look at how much money they make and the car they drive. Yeah. And if you can put your mind to it, you can do it. Or join this MLM and you can, you know, have an extra $40,000 a month of... <laughs> I just didn't want to make it seem like we were just bashing... Athletes, because I feel no, like all, I, like lawyers, doctors, any you know profession that probably lends itself to a six plus figure salary seems to be like let's push our kids in that direction. But they don't. Yeah, you're not like teaching them anything. You're just like, hey, you make a lot of money, go do this. And then by corollary, you might become a good person. Is usually how how we expect I, things to happen. Well, right? all doctors are good people. <laughs> Because of the Hippocratic Oath? I've never or, met one. I, a hypocritical I, oath. I'm I mean, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't... I, 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 was, I was kind of being facetious, but yeah. but, the, but there is that implication that goes along yeah. with the shiny you know, lure that you're putting in the water of, yeah, if you make a lot of money, therefore you you can be a good person right. also. Or if you make a lot of money, you don't have to be a good person. Maybe that's what... That's well, what this is nobody saying. gets like excited if their kid wakes up one day and goes, I want to be a used car salesman because we already so, know what we attach to that. But that's the danger in the title of saying, because people do have that perception that they are... I mean, besides uh, Tom Hanks being the most trustworthy person in America, which is an actual fact, doctors are next to that. Like doctors are the most trusted field because they kind of have to be your health and well-being and the and the vulnerability that is there. But then people forget to remember that chiropractors can technically use the the term doctor. A doctor of chiropractors is not the same fucking thing. And so you can take advantage of this vulnerability that people have and this trust that they put into something. I think there's a there uh, you've hit on something there like the the the. the 
all of that weight that comes with a particular title that has accumulated over years and years and years of sort of marketing, I mm -hmm. would say, um, about a particular job or or maybe it's the influence that, you know, a, a, a doctor has or an attorney could potentially have mm -hmm. or because, you know, certain times an attorney is like can make your life a lot better. Yeah. Uh, if, if there's if there's, you know, one's happen to be in it at the right, you know, for at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do think the attraction the way that these ideas are presented on a very shallow level to the public that responds to that sort of shallow um, seduction mm. is that if you go through, meds, you know, you can become a doctor. It's going to take a fucking long time and you're going to be in a huge amount of debt by the time you get there. But you can make more money than your debt at some point assuming or, you make like, it assuming you make it sure right. or if you know it was actually i'm in a conversation with a with, with a guy in doctor the other day he's a general practitioner i guess or i don't know what if you call them into i don't know i, I just call I think them that works i think general practitioner and and you know the guy was you know talking about this relationship he had with this woman and he you know when she was a lot more interested, you know, when she found out he was a doctor. And then he kind of had to say, I'm a general, pro I'm not a fucking heart surgeon. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I have, I have a job. It's like any other job. It's just that it, in, you know, I'm involved in the medical practice, but I'm not the guy who makes all the money that, you know, you, you that, that has gone with this shiny piece of bait sure. when you're trying to get people. And then just to think even, you know, and talking with Selena about the process of becoming a doctor that she went through that, you know, the first, yeah, you're making some money in residency, but it was, you know, four years, you know, of, you know, well, there's general education, kind of thing up till you're you know, graduate from high school and then it's four years in college and and then a three-year specialty program three years of residency a year of fellowship and now you get to go to work wow yeah. that's a long time now and, you get to and, start yeah. and and yeah. that's and that's not in the fine print on the shiny lure you, you know sure. the, the way that it's presented in you know like i said to the to the to, to the sort of shallow thing like i want to i want to you know, I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to be, and what are the benefits of that? Well, you get the, and I, and I think a lot of it is, you know, say money, but but um, in, in the beginning, but I think ultimately, okay, if I get, if I keep pursuing this thing, if I become, I work at it, I practice, I work some more, I continue my education, I keep practicing, and I become really good at the thing, well, I've just learned the process of becoming, how to become good at anything. Right. And so, therefore, if my interest changes, if, for example, I went through school and I did all the stuff and I, you know, graduated with a better than four point average, which I still don't understand how that's even possible because um, <laughs> I just came from an era when that was like the maximum. But um, so I graduated from, you know, with my law degree and this and that. And then I decide, well, man, I got I, I learned how to do that thing. I learned how to you know take all those tests and, 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 and assimilate all of that knowledge. And I understand how this process works. Now I don't want to do it anymore. But I can take the process that I learned and apply it to what I do want to do. And that to me, okay, whether it's education, whether it's sport, whether it's another activity, whatever that may be, if you learn the process 
to, you know, what it actually takes to become really incredibly good at that thing, to be one of the 10%, one of the 5%, one of the 1%, whatever baggage you want to put on those fucking numbers, you assholes. Um, uh, if I learn the process of how to become, the, you know, to, to, to reach that level of performance in one particular activity, I can, if my mind is flexible enough, take the process as an overlay and put it on another activity or pursuit and should, <clears throat> lo and behold, have also a good outcome if I follow the process and apply myself. Yeah, or if I, yeah, there, there's, and I would hate to call this, um, God, kill me, a protocol of sorts because oh, it's that's not, not. That doesn't merit killing. Okay. Um, we might take a foot dead. later, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, there because um, one of the traps is that we're really bad, at, and this is something that I think is deserving of a, a bigger conversation. But we're really bad at uh, induction problems, where we go like, "I did this, I did this, therefore I get this." And this is what where I think the conversation of um, you should be a doctor because I know this person and they make this much money, or you should be this because they're a respected field, or you should become. Art doesn't pay the bills. It, it doesn't. Or, or whatever. And then, therefore, you get steered by mm. your guidance right. counselor. That could be a parent. That could be, you know, school, whatever. But, well, uh, <laughs> if I'm an artist that has no bills, can, right. I, can, I, st can I still do it? If well, I figure I out a way to kind of limit what I need in order to pursue what I want to do. Is that actually a thing? Uh, and maybe this comes back to as simple as like, if you know how to learn, then you don't need to really learn how to do anything else except. Well, that that's what I was going to say, going back to the podcast, the 10, 15 episodes ago, where that dude dreamed me out for education. Mm. But like, I was never taught how to learn. Like it was, I was taught I needed to pass this test mm. and I did whatever I had to do to pass that test, right. which generally was for me cramming the night before. And I could generally get by with a B by that process. And that process always worked. So I continued that process. Then school yeah, being stopped. Su being successful was not a, you know, at, at that Sure, and it almost process like, was not a good thing for and, you. And maybe. at the time it felt like being successful because I was doing like the bare minimum to pass. Yeah. And, and actually, you, you probably even felt better than I you did. actually should have because y you did the bare minimum and still got the B. Right. So like, then, That's like, the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's where, you know, doctors, lawyers, anybody that has to do continuing education into their 30s, they've learned to learn because they have to. Yeah. Because they need to use most of that knowledge, I would assume, when they're dealing with people and their problems and fixing them. And I don't think a lot of people get that in college or even in high school. It's kind of just like, hey, you need to get this grade, which we're going to assume means you learn this stuff and then you can move on. And I don't right. have a fix or a solution, but it took me a while after college to realize I had to keep learning. Yes. And it seems obvious, but it wasn't. And I can't imagine, you know, you go back to the baseball player, the football player, you know, whoever – they've stopped learning a long time ago unless it was their sport be, be, but for the also, most part. Yeah, and, and, and part of that is because because the, the trap is, you know, when I say if, if I got really successful uh, um, in this one aspect or whatever and learned and actually had to work hard for it and like, to figure it out, and I, um, the, you know, the, 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 the danger there is like being unable to extrapolate that to another activity. Right. Um, because you didn't actually learn, you know, let's just, 
say it was a sport thing and there was a a a, a natural genetic and circumstantial gift um, for to, to uh, perform well in that particular sport. Yes, some work went into it, but some guys are so good they're not even required to show up at practice, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and and so that that particular achievement right there, there's there's nothing to extrapolate from that. Like, there's no way that that individual because they let's say they didn't have to get there. Now we're talking about like the one tenth of one percent, but but still, the one tenth of the one percent is often held up as. You can, you know, as, as as something that one could achieve without actually saying that, like, yeah, you know, not actually accepting or broadcasting, communicating whatever the the genetic and circumstantial gifts of this uh, of this particular ability. Um, so you don't see that. You can just, you know, people say, oh, if you work hard, you can have this. Like, and there's no li- worse lie that you could tell a child, mm-hmm. right, or an adolescent, or you know, whatever that. Like, no, tell them the fucking truth. Say, okay, what you're seeing there is not something that is within your reach. And that's not to say you don't try. Sure. Just don't, you know, come back with a fucking hatchet when your expectations are unfulfilled. Because I I didn't, you know, like, yeah, hard work, grind, bullshit, whatever, Yes, that's important. That's a that should be a given. Everybody should like should all be fucking applying ourselves. Yeah, that's a and lowest not trying common, to get shit for free. Yeah, lowest common denominator is that you work hard. Yeah, yeah, and you do. Well, you know, you do work hard, I, and you might never get that thing, but you might get three steps in front of where you are now, mm-hmm. which could lead to another thing, which leads to another thing, and that's kind of I think in my world, anyways, kind of how life works. Yeah, like I'm not like. I'm not trying to be the best coach in the world Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, but I don't know if that's attainable or if that's even quantifiable. Are you trying to be a better coach? I'm constantly trying to be a better coach. And if that's like, if I can read three books and that puts me one step ahead of where I was three books ago, I'm totally okay with that. That's weird because I'm constantly trying to find a better couch. (laughs) Like we're basically the same. (laughs) A couch is shit. I'm always looking for one that's like nice and plush. Um, but also <laughs> not just equate me to a couch <laughs> a coach couch same thing they, um, that is taking it back I, that is taking it back to one of the finest internet threads <laughs> ever to grace the domain of zeros and ones it, it really is oh I don't, my people god people don't know I, what couch glassman fucking insanely entertaining the viciousness yeah, it's, it's good. was shocking <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You're going to because you're going to go. Consider your weekend (laughs) occupied. Mark is going to be uh, discovering what a microaggression is while you're discovering what Couch Glassman is all about. Oh, my God. That was just it. The the savage. like the keyboard savagery was (laughs) unparalleled (laughs) who would have thought 30 years ago keyboard savagery would even be a term (laughs) that anybody on this planet ever said let alone everybody understands what it means we are we are in our future if this was like 20 episodes ago i would buy keyboardsavage.com but i'm just done with buying urls we're past that yeah Yeah, we grew up yeah I, i finally actually um you know we we made a little income from that symposium and i 
reimbursed some of my expenses. Yeah. <laughs> the domain name expenses. <laughs> I know Ross said we had like $20 per episode. But, we were way over that. But God damn. Well, no. We're about equal? Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to add it up. I don't think, I don't think over, but there's f- how many episodes? Almost 40. Yeah. Or at, uh, oh, yeah, like, 42 right now. It's like two grand. Hidden <laughs> <laughs> <In> URLs. <laughs> that lead nowhere that are just, right. well, some of them lead to some funny, funny places, but. They um, were useful for what they were for at the time, but I agree that the URL thing might be a dead. Was, I mean, yeah. we might still use them eventually because we do have a lot. Of we them. do have a lot, and we do need it. But we, but we would not expect someone to go back to episode thirteen and. We should just start selling what, those yeah. on here at auction. Yeah, ooh, I like that. Yeah, you could ho- you could host your own fitness domain with keyboardsavagery.com. I I think that. If I'm angry about anything in this world, it's on that subject that nobody ever told me the realities of of what you just talked about. Like just as opposed to like you can be this, you can be anything. If you just work hard and you know, then everything is available to you. And that's not how the world works at all. And I think if if we talked a little bit more about, well, luck and timing and, you know, generally not being a piece of shit like as a person, because that can you can't there's no amount of work that can override being unlikable. Well, it also kind of contradicts itself because the some of the people that work the hardest are the jobs you wouldn't want your kids exactly. to say they wanted. Yeah. Like if somebody was like, yeah, I want to grow up and be a coal miner. <laughs> you're like, you think of all the inherent risk with that Nemo- and like the uh, negative connotation that comes with it. And so you're, like, you're, so you're saying I should vote for Donald. Uh, <laughs> Because he's bringing clean coal back. Yeah, to, he's, you know, he's or doing whatever. a great job. He's of cleaning that. up. No, tremendous job. Yeah, Tre- yeah, tremendous. <laughs> the greatest job the, ever. The best. Yes, the greatest. <laughs> the, the cleanest. I don't think anybody's ever done a better job. So, <laughs> do you not get black lung from clean coal? No, no. You get a clean lung from <laughs> clean lung. From white lung. <laughs> white. <laughs> no, dude, that's racist. White privilege yeah. lung. A white privilege. <laughs> well, <laughs> you and those privileged lungs were at the old dirty coal mine. <laughs> I. Which I believe, so this is a total tangent, but this word keeps popping up into my head because it's the first big word I ever learned oh. was the technical term for black lung. Oh. Which is, Wait, this the, is the first $50 word you for, ever learned. The first one, I the, swear to God. And, and, and I and, still remember it and, to this day. And, and folks, I, you're hearing it here first. Nemana ultramicroscopic silicone vaccinoconiosis. Okay, that's a lot like supercalifragilistic. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's a real word. <laughs> it, Oh, my there were parts can, as you were saying it that I was like, "Please stop!" It, I, well, it, it does hurt. Like, okay, like, oh, so he's, he's those still, are lungs. He's still going. And then I, I got I stopped at lung. It was pneumonia something. And then, um, <laughs> yeah. So that was the first word I learned. It had to do with that, black lung. We got to go to trivia night at a bar at some point. Oh Can, man, I would nail it well, just for that one I question. Just, <laughs> just sit there the whole time. So, I know at some point this year they're going to ask that. So just. Could you use that in a sentence for me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> how if, would if clean coal comes back? To <laughs> <laughs> we're all gonna develop X. X yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would have to say that in the realm, like adding a, attaching a dollar amount to words, that is worth way more than fifty. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's weird is I I don't think I could remember. That's like there's it. not enough letters in the fucking Scrabble box. I, it might be the longest. The, the board's not long enough for yeah. that word. Yeah. I want to say that it's the longest word in the dictionary. I thought that was a uh... stop. 
Stop. Just, just. Uh, um, uh, is there it's, a safe word? I'm gonna where, say, <laughs> I can just say where like all conversation stops for just like a five second pause. Yeah, it's the word he just said. <laughs> yeah, okay. So if you can say that, we'll stop. <laughs> Pineapple. <laughs> That's a. I know it's not the you, longest Stephen word Cutler, in the dictionary. That, it's not. No, I don't. Because I used to know what it was. This is the fucking interesting part. Can I spell it? There it is. Boom. <laughs> just let it happen, no, folks. Just, just right. lay back and yeah. enjoy. <laughs> oh, it's an artificial long word said to mean a lung disease caused by inhaling very fine ash and sand dust. So it's not actual. Wait, so which you, is the longest word in the English dictionary? Pneumonotrichomycosis, an obscure term. Ostensibly referring to lung disease called by silica dust. <laughs> it is the longest word. Yes, nailed I'm glad it. we didn't bet. But it's the longest artificial word. All right, we need. We still we on. still got a bet about whether you're going to break a wheel tomorrow. So that's still on the table. We can still make money. We can, over still, we can still we can still bet. I just don't want anybody to get hurt too badly. Wait. So am I going <laughs> to ride a bike with you tomorrow and then go running with Selena tomorrow night? Because that oh. sounds like the worst fucking day of my life. <laughs> Are you, are you, uh, do you yeah. got another running day? Yeah, you going to come? <laughs> no, my running days are over. I was actually told that by my foot doctor. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who happens to be my running partner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting a club, so. Yeah, I, I, I was, I can't remember, was that like a backhanded not invitation to join? No. It was no, an actual invitation. I, I was if just I letting you join. know that at some point initiations were going to start. And if okay. you wanted to be a part of the club, probably get in sooner than later. Because as the club picks up, the initiations will probably get worse. That sounds a lot like hazing. No, no, no. I said initiation. <laughs> okay. Oh. It's to make sure oh. you're worthy. I would, yeah. Hence. Trustworthy. I, 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 After a month or two of running with us, we'll burn your shoes in the parking lot. You'll get a new pair. You'll be a part of the group. Dude, that's Will a lot I get of a pair of Nike decades? Is that <laughs> yeah. is, is my only I, question because I would go through anything <laughs> true to get you know to to pass those tests. I mean, I'd even get my no, I wouldn't get my ankle fused. But I mean, how? Just imagine in our parking lot next to the bridge that we're building is next to burning shoes while people are like homeless under the bridge would be fucking hilarious in the first place. Or any clothing, for that matter. <laughs> I, I saw a guy saying he was cold today and was asking for some clothing. I mean, I don't know. There's probably there's like nine or ten T-shirts up in smoke at least. <laughs> it's just not fair. There's people. That's life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say you know, you 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 could make the argument that there's that everyone has an equal opportunity. Um, at, oh, be at, careful with what you say next. At oxygen, <laughs> okay. right? For oxygen. <laughs> yes. To have access to. You couldn't say the same about water, obviously. So no. it kind of stops with air. Yeah. And and if you put an adjective in front of air, then that modifies the whole thing. Because <laughs> if you just try to say everyone has access to clean air, equal opportunity to breathe clean air, that would yeah. be wrong. Yeah. yeah. People in China and Japan would be like, I don't think that's accurate. People, People in Salt Lake in the Salt Lake City. <laughs> like oh, that's right. Yeah, exactly. I haven't experienced that yet. Yeah. Right. You'll look forward to that. Yeah. Um, that is, or, or you'll look back at it with fine ash-type memories. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. 
Uh, well, sorry. No, I mean, you brought up an interesting point. This would be a total tangent, but let's talk about this now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, what are, got, what like, is off the rails if we don't actually go off the rails? Yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah. Please. So the, the term, uh, and this came up with a discussion between two guys uh, talking about universal basic income. Okay. Which was interesting because I'm not opposed to it. I'm not for it. I'm not. I'm neutral because I don't understand how it would be implemented, how it actually work. But in my head, with as much things that are moving to automated production, that's eventually where we're going to be at, which is some of the worst civilization that we'll face is with not only uh, people that have no purpose, but enabling people to live with no purpose <laughs> seems like a fucking nightmare to me. But one of the interesting parts that he made is the term, uh, like when people are talking about universal basic income or talking about universal healthcare, they're not talking about universal healthcare. They're talking about national healthcare. Or they're talking about localized state national care or income. And that that comes back to a really, you just mentioned this air problem um, because that's a universal problem. Like that's a universal problem that we don't all have air and water and that's you know basic human need kind of deal but we think about things locally but the problems that we're facing now are actually generally universal like they're global problems it turns out that you know along with um the earth being round mm -hmm. that there is also wind <laughs> it's connecting everything <laughs> it's it's so strange that when you know being like the westernmost one of the westernmost states mm -hmm. California. Yeah. They implemented all these pollution controls. Mm -hmm. And so pollution causing energy production means mm -hmm. could no longer be in California. So they got moved out of California to other places. Mm -hmm. And yet the wires taking the energy got, you know, run back into California. So they could have clearly like, fuck up someone else's air, but we still want the power. <laughs> yeah. And they still have dirty that's, air because there's like a... That's so unfair. There's a gust that comes from China and delivers <laughs> polluted air right into California, <laughs> which is super <laughs> fucked up. But but we're going to... Like this, this is... I mean, I have a hard time thinking about it because I'm not... And I'm big, not saying I'm against pollution, you know, enacting pollution control. I just sure. think that, you know, okay, if, that, the, if, if all of the... I mean, how where are you going to take it, I guess? Well, it's like if all of the states in the West had enacted those same sort of pollution controls and exported the means, you know, and, and, and it didn't produce like clean, you know, cause, uh, you know, a sweeping of the board and a change to clean energy production, you know, by everyone, mm. which it wouldn't have because for a variety of reasons, you know, entrenched special interests potentially being one. Um, but, uh, if, if it didn't cause that, then then all of the you know the, the, the dirty energy production would have been moved out of the states and concentrated in other areas, hmm. and and then you would have to okay well maybe we take it on a nationwide level, but then what happens? You can't. Uh, and the, well, this is the, and that's you elect the someone who says that something the, different. Is to, well, what the, yeah, the <laughs> universality of the problem will never be fixed by a localized solution. solution. So yeah. and that that so. I'm going to take whoa, a stab whoa. at drawing the dots here. I was just, yes, please do. I just saw it as well. Okay. So and yeah. that's like, I don't know why it formed in my head, but we look at these things and you can be against globalization um, in theory, but you can't be against it because it, the internet is here and that has connected all the dots universally. 
And so we have these problems, nuclear warfare, climate change, stuff that affects everybody that has to be changed globally because it won't, uh, you can't change it locally. And then we have this personal, like how we develop human beings is now a global problem. It's no longer a local issue. So yes, you do have, you know, some southern states that raise you to eat, you know, some roadkill or whatever. And then you have some upstate New York shit that, you know, you look like you're at a polo commercial and you don't understand the world at all because you've lived in upstate New York your whole life. No and they offense. still eat roadkill, I think. And they still eat roadkill. That, then you have... Well, someone on the suburbs of Saratoga. I'm assuming you're talking about Saratoga. <laughs> right? <laughs> someone, someone on the outskirts is eating Somebody's eating, eating roadkill in upstate yeah. New York. I was, maybe I should say not upstate New York. Maybe like the Hamptons of... I think something. I think everybody outside of New York City considers themselves upstate New York. Yeah, probably that's probably true. You'd be huh? like ten feet outside of New York City. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm from upstate New York. Just to identify that you're not from New York City. Yeah, they have their own special brand. Um, Is there a downstate New York? No, I don't think there's like New York City and there's upstate New York. Yeah. I, I was trying to get you to say New Jersey. But like, <laughs> I don't recognize New Jersey as a state. Oh, I just consider it a problem. We lost it to the South a long time ago. South of Italy. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, is that a, please, a clear enough punchline? Get, get back yeah, on yeah. the... On so, the rail that was off the rails. <laughs> you derailed your own derailing. I jumped, I jumped directions of rails. And we helped. I'm, I apologize. No, no, that. that's okay. So we have, we, we're now uh, like trying to situate how we develop people by having, you know, universal education premises that are total bullshit because they don't work. Um, and how to develop and i think sport and this sounds like i mean the reason why we use sport analogies for so many things is they're so fucking accurate like you're talking about a human problem so a sport analogy generally fits the bill like you have a goal you have a system about attaining that goal and you have rules in which you have to act and there's behavior that produces better effects than other behavior yes so the analogy of sport works really well. And I would hate to say like, oh, we can solve world problems because I don't think they are solvable. But I think when approaching like how we develop people, we need to think about how they work in the world globally, not just is that person good locally or back to our subject, are they just a good athlete? No, when you take that person out of the game, do they apply those principles to be productive people or productive members of society? And I, Can they see that? And 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 I, I would say this goes back to a little bit of what Keegan was talking about of of being a becoming a better coach is that you know if you look and uh, I'm gonna have to I'll put I'll put this name of this book in the show notes. Um, <laughs> I think it was it, it might have been be called um, uh, I want to say Beyond Winning, but I, but it might not oh, have been yeah. that, but but it was it was a a, a, a book with a chapter on each a bunch of different coaches it was a book that i that i you know first read about percy sarity in but there was a, a you know a couple of these guys and and i think maybe um and, and one of them was called you know one of the one of the last great philosopher coaches mm. and i thought okay that's a guy that would be would have been interesting to have been influenced by as a college athlete mm. because i think a lot of people would have come out from under that guy that gentleman's guidance um it, with a a broader appreciation of the world and mm -hmm. and the lessons that they were learning within the sport and how those lessons applied to other things mm -hmm. but it would take that 
potentially that type of a guide to open one's eyes and one's mind to those possibilities. And does that happen? Is there, is there even a, um, a possibility for something like that to happen today with all of the pressure that we talked about in the Mm -hmm. beginning of, you know, of the, you know, the, the, the financial imperative of the sports programs in these colleges. Yeah, there's all there's there's too much distraction to get a clear like I, there's distraction everywhere. There's um and there's no clear goal other than everybody is frenzying and frantic over to being the person like the quote unquote I'm I'm powerful and rich and famous or whatever the the thing is and, and that's a I think it's a difference in values like we're there's a cultural shift into getting people to appreciate different values. And you can't say that people don't appreciate the values that the Kardashians have like shown everybody that that is a value that people um, now embody and want to mimic more than any other value, as opposed to like a but, coach that I came in contact with. That, but what it, uh, um, if I can yeah, just, yeah. you know, pause, like pull over at a, at a, at a wayside train station, not mm-hmm. full derailment. Um, what are the values being espoused by, quote the kardashians unquote um i mean just because if if, you know because that would be part of you know oh i want to be like them well because they're successful in this and that and the other thing but like what i would need to behave in the way that they behave in order to learn the things that they know that, that that they then express that allow them to be to have become the thing that I see that I want. Like I see the surface, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I you might be digging too deep because I yeah, think people yeah. see the surface and yeah. that's the thing. That's they enough of a go value. Be. And so if they can just p- decorate themselves, yeah, to yeah. that's a that's a good fucking way to put yeah. it. Decorate um, yourself to ha- to have the same surface. Yes, then that's the same as because it's attainable because they don't see like so if we, this is a this you're is, not going to open your own store in south beach or wherever it is but it's with a, your so, own line of clothing and, and fragrances no and but that th- shit, this right? is this is what this comes back to this is a fundamentally interesting thing about how americans view beauty a- as in we actually don't like um organically beautiful people we like normal people that are dressed up in in made beautiful because it's the attainable thing it's like the porn star fantasy of the guy being average and seeing him with like an exotic beautiful woman and thinking that like oh that's attainable like that guy has a pot belly i have a pot belly. he has a very large penis but i can you know make up for that super with my personality fertile. He's super fertile <laughs> i'll tell you that later <laughs> so there is this idea this is a real like thing so the the kardashian like kim kardashian however she looks whatever it looks attainable because she came i mean people don't realize that she came from quite a bit of fortune and became more fortunate um but that looks attainable to most people i think they just think like oh yeah the bag like i have the same bag as as her and i have the same you know as long as I, if i can get my own reality show we're basically the same person i don't even think it goes that far i think instagram social media my perpetuates that is uh, people might go like, oh, I might not get 1.5 million followers, but if I get a fake tan and I get eyelashes and I get my hair done every day and I crop my photos for three hours a day, 
I get a like, I get a follow, I get another follow, I get another follow, a guy DMs me or a girl DMs me or whatever. And like, that's the positive feedback loop they're now in. It's not leading anywhere, but it might. And in this superficiality, this, this points to a thing that you see in athletes today that are like, you know, CrossFit's a perfect example of it. When I was going to use that analogy. Yeah, they, they go like, oh, um, I'm an athlete. I want to be a CrossFit Games athlete. So they look at the CrossFit Games athlete and they're like, oh, they're sponsored. They have a protein sponsor. And they look there. Look, they do little posts on their timeline about their, like, whatever Theragun or their wrap or their I don't know, stupid fucking product. So they get all these products given to them. They act like they're sponsored because they're just mimicking the behavior, thinking that, like, that superficiality will become a reality one day. As in, like, oh, eventually these like, guys will pay me a bunch of money oh, for Matt, being the thing. Matt Fraser does thrusters. Yeah. I do thrusters. Yeah. We're the same person. Nike gives him money. I, don't think, I wear Nike. Honest. Fuck. No, I, if you look at it, I you. No, it, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to be less cynical. I mean, I. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a cynicism. I think it's just like I, I because never, I would like to like I honestly I don't think anyone has ever said Matt Fraser does thrusters. I do thrusters. We're the same person. Like I get that. I, yeah. I don't think you've I, ever I talked the, to a CrossFit the, athlete. The the <laughs> sort of mocking nature of that, and I'm not, you know, I'm not like. No, no, like, I, yeah, you know, those, I'm, I'm those words like, probably wow, haven't actually been uttered. But. People no, how about have this, to. Be, how about this then? Because the, this is a little bit more real. Because that okay. is that. Okay, he's a cha- he wins shit and he yeah. does physical things that most people can't do. But they could take like a Christmas Abbott character mm-hmm. who sells books and is a CrossFit athlete and look at her numbers and be like, oh, I can beat her athletically. Which means, okay, I'll just do what she does and promote the shit out of my stuff, and maybe I'll have a million dollar book contract as well. There, there's the attainable thing. There's nothing. I you don't want to like bash her, but there's nothing special about Christmas Abbott. You know, she has tattoos. I have tattoos. She does CrossFit. I do CrossFit. Uh, whatever the similarity. Oh, then I'll just c- copy her style. In that way, I'll have what she has, which is an exorbitant lifestyle or whatever. Oh, I, I, I. I I don't. Maybe it's because the sport of CrossFit, not to go on a tangent about CrossFit, is so new that people are a little more delusional about how good they could be because it changes. I mean, you don't even know from year to year if the fucking games are going to exist based on all the changes they have all the time. Mm. So it might be easier for people to think maybe, okay, I'm Matt Frazier and I aren't the same person, but could I become that good? Right, because like numbers so, aren't is so then defined. There's, there's the value of having the you know uh, of having access via the public eye to somebody like that. Right. Like, could I be? Is that inspiring? Is the gulf too wide? Can I? Could I become that good? It, what did? What did that? And you know, I'd have to go back. I mean, I'm saying like I'm not different. I'm was just I'm from a different era, but. You know, when I started climbing, who are the best guys? Who, who, whose style, you know, speaks to me the strongest? What is that guy studying? What words does that guy use? How does he speak? How does he behave around others? I'm going to try, you know, yeah. I want to know those things. And then, and, and, you know, what books does this guy read? What are the, like, okay, what are the objectives that interested him and why? What was the background? Like, what was his history that gave him access to those objectives to make those, make him, you know, put him in a point in the world where those objectives, those things that had never been done, you know, what made him think he could go do that shit? So I'm looking, so I'm looking at the history. I'm not, and I guess the difference maybe today is, looking at the appearance. I, I don't think there's a difference today other than the end point. 
Because what okay. you just described was basic intelligence. Like basic intelligence mimics. It's imitative, right? So yeah. if you take an AI system and you want it to learn a language, you say hello and it says hello and you say how are you and it says how are you? It learns little bits and then starts to inform itself by mimicking and copying, which is how every human develops. Like yeah. they say mama and dada because that's what they want them to say. And then they start picking words as they need them and putting them together, but it's only in reference to what they've experienced. Like that, you know, what if you call it tabula rasa, blank slate thing, you can you know impress on the wax what that person gets by giving them the basic intelligence, which is just mimicry and the ability to, to uh, accomplish a task. And some the, curiosity. The difference is that once mimicry happens and you've developed basic intelligence, that you then become generative intelligence. You then create your own based off of all the things that you put together. You start being creative about it. And generative is just the middle uh, the middle part of intelligence into intuitive intelligence, where I'm now informed and informing a system. I'm part of a connection and creation. And that, like, people get lost on the first one because they think if they make it, then they don't have to produce anything. They think if I just copy this, I'll be the exact same thing. If I say the same things, which isn't a bad thing, like, when you describe like, oh man, I looked at these people and I wanted to know what who was influencing them and how I could, because they influence you, you are taking part in human behavior that's happened for, you know, 200,000 years. We did it with our heroes. Like, oh, what are the aspects of this yeah. person I hold in high regard? I'm going to copy that until I'm capable on my own and then I'm going to take off on a different journey. That's a normal thing. And people look down on that because they just want the end result. Well, because the reductionism sure. led to fake it till you make it. Exactly. Which is not, which I, in my opinion, is not the same thing. Which but I think no. is really easy to do in CrossFit. So like with, <laughs> no, no. Well, so with, you know, with your climbing, you couldn't just go climb the highest peak possible. Self-limiting. Self right. I, I had an equal opportunity. Sure. I had the exact same opportunity to go climb every fucking thing that every other climber in the world had ever thought of climbing. But if you had failed there that climb. There wasn't an equal outcome there. But there if you was failed, no equal fucking outcomes. If, if you failed that climb, what happened? Uh, it depends. Okay, depends so how hard you, you failed. Either don't make it, <laughs> right? Or you die or you're somewhere in between. Yeah. Generally speaking, I feel like the risk of that happening in CrossFit, probably not as great. Except so like, if you attend a gym that has a skull in its logo, <laughs> where clearly people have died before. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a skull in their logo. Makes sense. Their fitness, their fitness wouldn't be like, you know, until death fitness or whatever. <laughs> as much rabbit as possible. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Sorry. So I, I, but it, yeah, I just so, going back so, so to the like, risk is not. Matt does thrusters. I can do thrusters. It's kind of like, well, okay, like you can, somebody tomorrow that's never worked out per se could technically go mimic the games and almost do all of it. It might take a month, mm. but they could do it. So, okay. I, and I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore, other than. So they start the marathon row. <laughs> so, well, you're, so you're saying that they the get some risk gets in the way. <laughs> like there, there's definitely risk separates. I, I guess it, it sounded like you wanted to learn, 
Because, A, there was risk involved and you knew what it was. And I, I'm not saying ego wasn't involved where you're like, I want to be better than these guys and to be better, I need to learn from them because they were the best or how do I just be the best Mark Twight in these mountains with the most knowledge possible? I don't know if pe- a lot of people do that anymore. But I can't go, I think the big thing was like, I can't go into that environment without some prerequisite knowledge. Yeah. Right, yeah. which you can go into the CrossFit environment with very little prerequisite easy knowledge. Buy-in. And it, you can just stay on the surface of watching an Instagram and being like, oh, this is the workout he did. I'm going to do it without understanding the thought behind it. Or where it where it took place in a historical timeline also. Yeah. Which was the other thing that I was looking, you know, when I'm looking is like, okay, where does, okay, if you go climb the North Face of the Eiger in winter and, you know, participate in the, you know, maybe first winter ascent or for actually first center of the Harlan route, uh, one particular individual, you know, like how did it like, that's not, that's, that's going to the fucking games. Yeah. Right. Uh, clearly that doesn't happen off the couch. So what happened before? What is the, what is the trajectory to reach the point of being able to imagine this new thing? And I don't think people ask and, that question. Yeah. I think I see what or, you're saying or enough yeah. anymore. Okay. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Totally. And what I say, when they do ask questions, it's how can I just be that instead of how can I become what 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 was the process or the journey or whatever? How can I become the best version of myself? Instead, I just want to become that person because they have all the cool things that I want. Well, I was going to say that earlier, even though it sounded really cheesy, was I think all we really can be is the best version of ourselves at whatever moment in time you're in, I guess. And I know that sounds like, you know... Chinese fortune cookie esque, but what more can you really ask for, I guess, or strive for than that? Because and then we to keep striving to be better than what you were. Because we don't, there's no way to fucking wipe the hard drive. Like you can't start from zero. So right. at some point, you're, you, you cannot become this other thing. Right. Because you, you're, you're taking, you, you, yeah, I can, I can, I can overwrite, I can you know certain files on the hard drive you know i can i can get past um there's certain things about myself that i can that i can change but at a root you know i i cannot become that that ideal sure. that i'm looking at because i i'm because of where i come from and what i've experienced Maybe that's something that i and i've never really done this and i haven't imagined what it would feel like to do it but if if you try to imagine the best version of yourself like you're talking about i i don't i don't think people a do it because i don't do it um but i don't would that be a helpful thing because i think when you saw what you wanted to do you imagined yourself doing it and that that whole difference about triangulating like seeing yourself projected in the future you now know what requirement or you at least have an idea of what requirements um, you need in order to see yourself in the future. And when you see people that like what you're talking about, the Mount Fraser thing, it's really easy to be un- under some kind of delusion of like, well, I deadlift more than him. Or right. you pick, you cherry pick things, yeah. right? Like, oh, well, I have this one skill. Like I can outrun him or I can outdo this and I can, you know, the better he gets, the harder he gets to say that. Sure. But for the most part, uh, like uh, in this, this uh, I've fallen into this trap too. There was uh, like some workout a long time ago and I beat Noah Olson by like two seconds in one workout one time a long time ago. And I was like, yes, yeah, I can do it. And you're immediately under the impression that you're the same, like, oh, I'm the same. 
and therefore like why is he any better and you because the you know i see his life every day he posts about what he drinks and i drink that thing well why aren't they paying me to drink it it's a really easy uh delusion to make but the risk that's involved in not meeting up to that is just an ego thing like when when i fail and he beats me at literally everything I'm just going to like the risk is just me not feeling good about myself and then I'll make excuses. But the risk for you not seeing your projected self is certain injury or death. And that risk provides some kind of incubator for development. And and I, part of sort of learning the, the history and these, the, mm. the, you know, influences of, of these things is that in the beginning as a, you know, inexperienced child interested in climbing, mm. I could superimpose my self-image on a photograph of one of the great climbers because I mm. didn't understand what it took to become that person. Mm. I could just say, well, this guy's in the REI catalog or this guy's in this book. His name's Walter Bonatti. His name's Reinhold mm. Messner, whatever. And I could put myself, I could somehow, um, due to a lack of knowledge, <laughs> Put my, bliss. Yeah. Imagine myself or put myself in that same situation, in that same photograph. The more knowledge I gained, the the harder it was. Yeah. I'd see photos and be like, okay, it's night in the Himalayas. Those guys got no fucking packs. Yeah. They've got no bivy gear. It's totally like I can't put myself in that situation because now I know enough to yeah. know what that means. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is a, 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 a process of est- – that, that people need to go through to to establish the distance between where they are being point A and what they seek being point B, C, D, whatever down down the yeah. road is okay. That the the more accurate you know you and you could use sport. I mean you know to, I one of the notes I had here was you know sport as self discovery, which was actually the title of one of the old sermons. Um, you could use sport to identify your actual capabilities within a certain context. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you could go out and experience all these other things and slowly establish that point A, but then only by reading, by experiencing, interviewing, find, you know, the, the interviewing, the, you know, you know, the people who have done these things and start to realize like, fuck, that is what I am seeing right there is the result of two decades of trying, of paying attention, of this and that. And I don't have, I haven't put that time in. I put in two years. I just discovered this whole fucking thing. And until I put in that time, I can't, you know, maybe 10 years from now, I could, you know, they'll be 10 years further down the fucking road or higher up the mountain, whatever you want as well. But maybe in that instance, I could, you know, after sort of this 10 years experience, 10,000 hours, whatever, you know, time limit or delineation you want to put on it, Maybe I could accurately put myself in in that same photograph or that same situation, um, but I but I think that only happens by way of like examining the history and interviewing in a way the participants, discussing, reading about whatever, um, and and I think a lot of the, the the idea of the you know of the decorating or whatever I'm going to look like I'm going to do this is like people just don't take the time to educate themselves about the processes mm-hmm. or about the. The, the, the history, like you said, okay, one of the Kardashians, you know, was started out with great fortune and then became more fortunate. Um, that's just, you know, how do you... Yeah, how do I copy it, that if I grew up in a double wide or... Yeah, I, I don't, people yeah. just don't recognize that anymore. I don't know if it's because it's social media is so in front of our faces these days or now there's, you know, girls on Instagram with a million followers that have really done nothing other than show their ass cheeks to the world 
or whatever, but for whatever reason, that self-discovery or process of learning to get to a place and understanding like, oh, I can't get there or I'm not there yet or this person put in this much time, it's going to take that much time for me to get there. I, like or, that. or maybe I can cut it in half if I'm, if I'm actually intelligent about using, you know, applying modern technology and, and thought processes to, to the, what yeah. took them a decade might only take me five if, if I take advantage of, like, you know, m- you know modern situation in a way. Or, I, I, or, or, you know, what, whatever that might be. But I do think that there is a you know a, a a stronger i want it in you know stronger influence from sort of i want it now yeah n- now <laughs> than maybe there was at another time i'm right. not like pining for the old days or anything like that it's just a recognition uh, of like i am and i don't even know what they are <laughs> so, and this is where like i hope i've established that I would argue for how you approach and learn things to be a certain way. And maybe it's an old timey, like mimic, imitate, whatever you want to call it, and then generate your own idea of what, and then intuitively become what you can become. Like this three stage process, I think is what the best of us will do just naturally organically without even thinking. It's nothing that you can force. It's just how intelligence works. Now I'll argue why that probably can't happen today. And that's because imagine taking like you um, and anybody that has developed a high level skill in any um, activity, give them an audience of a million people while they're developing and you completely change how that person develops. So you you like our, yeah. our social media changes how we learn because now we have an audience to learning and we inherently don't want to look bad while we're learning. And you can't. And I can't. Look I can't good. learn and not, yeah. you know, I'm picturing Mark bad. on the top of a mountain now taking fucking selfies on Instagram <laughs> with my sat phone. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Hashtag fit fam. No, I'd actually, so I'd actually have my iPhone slaved to my sat phone so I could nice. I'd, I'd probably do the selfie here and do all the photo manipulation yeah. and then send the image to the sat phone so that I could broadcast to the world because I wouldn't actually have cell phone service. Right, right. Yeah. I might have satellite service if the mountain was in an appropriate location. <laughs> for, for, for worth bragging about. <laughs> uh, that, that's It'd be a different... Th- I do think it, thing. and I, I think, because I see it, like, I, like, how does the person... Okay, who, I'm buying the Ass Cheeks on Everest domain name right now. Ass <laughs> Cheeks on Everest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm guaranteed, you're guaranteed a million followers at least. Well, uh, I think Wim Hof probably already has that URL. Yeah, I think he climbed Everest naked. Or in shorts or something. That's just, a, that. that's not the ass I want to see on <laughs> Everest. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, good Good point. This is fairly, not to bring, I don't, I mean, I definitely don't want to bring this with a negative tone, but this may, I mean, this is essentially what you're up against when you're talking about like people who coach and people who sell information, same thing. Um, and people who represent an activity, even at the highest level, elite athletes, how they like, I, I watch how some cyclists represent themselves on Instagram and I'm like, Oh wow. They have become Instagrammable. Like they, that's not them, but they have conformed their way of talking and their way of eliciting information and, uh, interacting with people and, and their brand in a very like 2018 way where we know that this is, you know, the social credit, way like oh i saw your post and you did this and i you know bought your product and typed in your code or whatever 
I I now like I'm, I'm starting to think that it may be you know a little bit pessimistic, but I don't think somebody can develop naturally while under the influence of an audience. Like if you you may well be right about that. If some atomic particles can't be observed without them changing, who the fuck is to say humans can't? Oh, uh, I, I'm, oh man, <laughs> nihilism. Uh, yeah, you're like people uh, for sure. Like, take a superposition. Like, I'm this person, but on Instagram, I collapse, and I'm this. You person. gotta be the person your audience yeah. wants you to be, or the one you think they want you to be, or for sure, whatever. for sure. I mean, there was a I, we got that during an argument. Somebody like mentioned, like, hey, like I was arguing with some bullshit on Instagram, and it was kind of childish and funny. And they were like, I follow you because you're a motivational and you're a fitness person. I was like, where the fuck did you get that idea? I'm a fucking person and I have, you know. And I think about shit. Yeah, and I fucking, and you I've know, I'm childish sometimes. Some and sometimes I'm, yeah, and sometimes I've created some stuff that you can appreciate. And sometimes I've said something that motivated you. But in the end, I probably don't fucking like you as a person. Do, do you think that that person was was saying like, Go back to your job as a motivational Ex- fitness exactly. person. Exactly, like stay in your lane. Like what? What is my lane? Motivation and fitness. Wow, you really read my shit incorrectly. You should go back to your lane, as in like learning how to read. Yeah, and <laughs> to sort of extract knowledge from words that are arranged in. But but it did hit me order. like oh shit have I put myself like because I, I you know did I put myself in a position that just made it seem like I don't hashtag shit yeah but you're like he got that from somewhere or she or whatever right it was. like and I hardly ever post pictures of fitness you know mostly they're just abstract pictures of lights and fog and mountains and weird I don't naturey stuff every once in a while there's a barbell in there but it's definitely not the thing. But I guess when you look at my, like when you look at the thing or you know what I do for a living, then you automatically assign, well, no, your Instagram needs to be in this part. Like, I know I've, I've already drawn a circle around you and this is what you're supposed to be. And because I have a voice in your life, person that I don't know, I get to tell you who you are. What the fuck? Like, again, like, well, if I'm learning how to not be an asshole online, I now have an audience and I don't learn correctly because now I'm just angry at somebody else. <laughs> now I'm going to go be childish to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm not grown up enough to handle the whole Instagram thing, but it does. You seems, know, I seems can like learn no, though. Nobody is. <laughs> so uh, the, the anti-bullying <laughs> software is going to fucking be awesome, by the way. The and. Anti-bowling? Bowling. What's wrong with bowling? Bowl, bowl, anti-bowling. I mean, it's hard. But, yeah. And you got to wear someone else's shoes sometimes. But. Oh, man, the best score. I've, I've scored a 200 one time. We should all go bowling. We really should. And we should wear I, anti-bowling uh, shirts. Well, <laughs> no, I'm wearing a short sleeve purple jumpsuit. I want to wear a shirt that just says, please bully me. So, yeah, what, what is the, like, oh if, if I, because I've been... You know, bullied. Yeah, I have too. And I've learned a lot from it. Because I'm coming to school with a black trench coat. <laughs> I got made fun of in seventh grade because I didn't wear deodorant and I smelled bad. So guess what I did? You got deodorant. I got deodorant. Uh, I was going to say, fix, you, fix the problem. You got a Mac 10 in a trench coat and showed that motherfucker <laughs> what's up. <laughs> and I'm, all box. those people that made fun of me in middle school, I'm now friends with to this day. Interesting. So figure that shit out. I, Conflict know, resolution, maybe. I don't know. Is that a thing still? Do we do that? Or do we just like hate people and then post about it? and Passive-aggressive ways. Yeah. And then maybe in you know 
speak in language that has microaggressive, <laughs> veiled, <laughs> racist <laughs> tendencies or some shit. Ah, uh, fuck. I'm trying to be really positive about society today. You guys are making it really fucking hard. <laughs> we, it's really throwing off the dynamic that you're trying to be positive about I don't it. Know. It's so just, we're, I'm we're just reacting in to, the best way we know how. Trying to turn a new leaf. Out of like 123 minutes that we've been recording, there's been like 10 useful. Well, fuck, I don't know. Maybe, maybe 12. I was gonna say three. Well, I was gonna say twelve. Again, that's my about that's my four <laughs> times as much as usual. I think, <laughs> yeah, okay. especially when it's just the three of us. <laughs> I, do you know what's funny? Like, in, talk about like self-reflection. I read something from somebody that I respected that said, "Don't get involved with cynical people because cynical people have cynical outcomes." And I was like, "Ah, oh, that makes sense." You know, if what, I think, why the, is that bad? Well, because if I think the world is shitty, if I try to produce something, I'll probably produce something shitty in a shitty world. Well, no, if you think the audience is shitty, then you don't have to produce anything good because the audience is in the world. And if the world's shitty, the audience is shitty. And so, therefore, <laughs> you don't need to raise yourself to a very good standard. <laughs> Lower expectations. <laughs> Makes everyone happier. I, so does a pillow over the face. But <laughs> after, well... So whenever the white light comes, then they're happier. I, I, I've heard it's white, but no one can actually confirm it. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a white light at the top running stairs in Park City. I felt a white light. I almost felt a white light at the top of that Red Bull 400. I, white, oh, I was pretty close to whiting out. I wasn't. No? No. It hurt, though. It definitely hurt. But I don't think I could like go fast oh. enough to feel that. It was like, okay, if I go any faster, I'm probably going to die. Oh. And I can't go any slower because the fat people behind me can't catch me. So I'm just going to continue on with this pace. See, I've I got my a... fat shaming shirt on. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had a totally can't different let answer. them catch me. I thought about it like I can't go any slower than this because I'm egotistical, but I'm not in shape to deal with it enough. So I'm going to pay dearly at the top <laughs> with the whiting out and lack of oxygen. That's I, I'm looking forward to that next year. Okay, nice. I, I just. <laughs> Like, do they just hand you like the oxygen mask at the top? No, you gotta like. There's, it was like a you, separate little yeah. room that if you needed it, you could go in it. They had a couple, I don't know, half, so, half dozen. So bottles if somebody was so. up up there with a bottle for you, you could, mm. and you knew that that was available at the end. Yeah, would you push yourself harder? No, I don't think you can deal with pain in the in the moment. No, but I can save you. I can put that fucker up to like 12 liters a minute and just like slap it on your face and bring you I'll, back. I'll be honest. I like I'd like I, to do it before. And I'm maybe it wouldn't we'll last long enough though. We'll see how this goes next year. Like but you'd get a good first hundred meters. Really? <laughs> well, but would it make I, the rest it, of the 400 that, better? Uh, I guess that makes sense. I was thinking about uh, like the hyper oxygenation, like if you, it, for holding your breath works a really long time, like 12 minutes or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's because it's the but single the, breath. But the yeah. intervals that, you know, guys were doing when the experimentation was first being done were, you know, they figured that it was, it was influencing their output for slightly less than a minute. Oh, so you don't even, I wouldn't even get to the hard part yet. Cause yeah, you get the first hundred. So would you have like a dump? Would you feel really good into really <laughs> shitty? <laughs> or would I'm it so just capable. feel like a natural yeah. progression? I'm of, flying. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Like, would it make I it worse? I don't know. Could, Can be, we talk to Chris be, and maybe figure it out? I'd just strap down. one to my back. But yeah, I was going to say, like, I knew there was oxygen at the top, and about 100 meters in, that thought never crossed my mind. 
<laughs> so like just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And it, when you stand up and hold this cargo net, don't let go of it because you'll fall 300 meters down so, ahead. Because you'll is, tumble, you'll cartwheel a little bit. That exact thought right there is my excuse for negative feedback. As in, there's nothing, po like no positive feedback or positive goal-oriented carrot dangling would ever get you to the top faster. But humili like the, um, the eventual humiliation. Wait, the social risk? Exactly. That will actually keep pushing. I you. for sure in my head said, if you don't make this to the top, Michael will never stop making fun of you. <laughs> so in which case, like, but there was like, what about the social reward of you beating Michael? That crossed my mind. I'm also Ex realistic. Exactly. But, but. So just crossed. So yeah. you, you went on that three tier thing that we talk about. Like yeah, where yeah, we yeah. go, you know, hey, set the first one. All right. I got to make the cutoff. The second one, um, maybe it's beat, you know, somebody else that's your size or like somebody else that would have a hard time. Yeah, it was Roger. Was well, it was, you, right? it was actually because I thought it was like a 15 minute time cap, mm -hmm. which it kind of was. Yeah, but 10. And then it was okay. Finish under the time cap, finish under 10 minutes, beat Michael. Yeah. yeah. And I got two, uh, two out of the three. Yeah. So next year you're going down. Oh, fuck. I had one leg. God damn it. <laughs> I got a hundred pounds on you. I know. <laughs> Not quite. You have a decade of endurance under your belt. I got ten weeks, months. But the past three months. years, I've been missing. <laughs> I, it'll be it'll be a fun one next year. But there there was some things that happened there. That, that I finally got out of Roger that his only goal was to beat me. Oh, nice, nice. Which he did. Fox, he, he did by about forty six seconds. Nice by about forty six <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I said about, and then as I was saying it, I calculated yeah, it in my head. Okay. So, and th this is in my head. Why, why is this? You like? Why is it useful to go with people you respect and try to be better than them? Huh? Like, why, why is that useful? To like, because that's again, our society is absolutely adamant about being against that thing. Like, why are you trying to be better than somebody oh, else? Oh, I got it. We I should all be equal. We yeah. should all be. You know, why, why do you have to? You know, prove it to yourself or whatever. And you're like, no, I want to prove to that motherfucker. I was going to say because I'm a man and I'm a big fan of to toxic masculinity, <laughs> and it flows through my veins. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, but that when your girl among, wiped the floor with yeah, both of us, she killed everybody. <laughs> that was crazy. So that was non-toxic femininity that you <laughs> that was you just got, feminism at its finest. You got wiped up with that was essential oil in the form of a human being. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think on that note, uh, yeah. like we're just going to leave you to ponder that concept. <laughs> Brought to you by doTERRA. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. No, we got to hawk some product. The only thing let's, in my, let's do some ads. The only thing in my we head right now is patchouli people. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, I, I can't even ask if that's a thing. <laughs> I Do, hope it's I, not. I mean, but here's, say. here's when I knew I grew up. And this is, this is a fucking sad... I'll leave on a sad note. I could appreciate the smell of patchouli. And I could wear... I could go to REI and buy a completely neutral outfit and wear and feel comfortable in it. That's when I knew I had like matured. What, um, You've what was, always worn black and gray. <laughs> What was your relationship <laughs> with clove cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're, you're welcome. So so we, we talked about, come on, we got to end on a positive <laughs> okay, note. Okay, I mean, okay. really, because 
What's and what's more positive than clove cigarettes <laughs> as an adolescent? <laughs> Don't they cause like some weird mouth cancer? Like they're way worse for you than normal cigarettes. I, I'm sure they are, but okay. they just smell like hip as fuck, <laughs> <laughs> or hippie as fuck. Hippie back as fuck. Clove cigarettes. It's just contraction now. Yeah, like, yeah. From hippie to hipster to just hip. <laughs> um. So if. You know, you're interested in how we stay so energized for these podcasts. <laughs> I highly recommend you visit uh, BlackUmbrellaCorp.com. <laughs> Got an awesome shit. <laughs> StrangersNotWelcome.com. Yeah, that's the the instructions for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they should start there, right? And then go find it. I don't know. I don't actually know how to find it other than I know I where it is I gave away the office. wrong email address for like three months. So <laughs> I, <laughs> no wonder you can't sell I, it. <laughs> I mean, that's the funny thing is it keeps selling. I don't know how people find it because I'm not telling them about it because I had the And wrong... are these new sales or repeat sales? And if they're repeat sales, the reason that they keep buying it is because it fucking works. 50% of them are repeat sales. I feel like that's, that's pretty, pretty fucking good number. Damn good. Yeah, in fact, uh, well... Because it ain't cheap. I'm not Elon no. Musk, but I feel like that's a good percentage of repeat customers. It's high, I think. Uh, and then I don't know how the new people are finding it because there's... But whatever, that's... An interesting thing. It does work. So long story short, it. you yeah. can tell how good we are at marketing. Michael sells a supplement that is beta hydroxybutyrate. <laughs> um, it is under the corporation of Black Umbrella Corp. Corp. Is the name of the company? BlackUmbrellaCorp.com apparently Not to be, is the website. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Not and, to be confused with anything in Resident Evil. That's different. Yeah, well, we looked to get Umbrella Corp, and we couldn't get it. In fact, maybe this is actually a good ending story because I think it's fucking hilarious. So we wa I wanted Umbrella Corp because I had been testing the supplement on myself, and I hadn't grown like a fifth limb or something. So I was like, oh, it probably is okay. But then I was like, maybe it's super fucked up, and if I give this to people, they'll become zombies or something. And that's essentially what happened in Resident Evil, and that's what Umbrella Corp did. They were trying to come up with some cure for cancer. Well, they actually multiplied cells, and it made some weird disease, and then they like destroyed the whole world. And I was like, oh, that's fucking does awesome. That, does that have a happy ending? No. I don't. I, well, you can actually destroyed the whole world. There's about nine movies. That was a movie. happy ending, wasn't there, it? So there's about nine movies not worth watching if oh, okay. you have some free time. You get to see a certain femme fatale take on like the world. That's a happy ending to some people. Oh, I think I might just watch Tremors again. <laughs> Tremors is excellent. Gotta love Kevin so, Bacon. So when we looked up like names, I was like, oh, Umbrella Corp. It was already fucking taken. Well, and then I was like, what's better than Umbrella Corp? Black Umbrella Corp. And that was totally fine. So I bought it and I was like, oh, that's a funny enough name. And then my business partner <laughs> messaged me in the morning. is like, you better look up what that means. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's probably some like, I don't know, gay sex position or something fucked up. Like... <laughs> I, in my head, I was just like, this is going to be super fucked up. I don't know what that could possibly be. What is, uh, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, we, in my head, that's what was going on. It was like, uh, whatever it could be. I have no idea. So I looked it up in Urban Dictionary. This and if it was a gay sex position, it would just change your clientele is all. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Or it, just it yeah, the, give you a different demographic. And it would change the colors of our packaging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for sure, it would be a little bit more floral. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I I don't see when I, you know, <sighs> amyl nitrate and floral just doesn't go together with me. Like I'm getting latex and leather no, out okay, of that. Okay. That's like a oh, you're a you're you know, a, a right-handed black bandana. 
kind of person. I, I'm going to have to look up the kinky code. You know, I, for, <laughs> I, I forgot, but it's on my desktop and my computer just so. Uh, for quick reference. For quick reference, you know, when making these jokes. So it turns out Urban Dictionary lists Black Umbrella as a strain of marijuana developed by the CIA that was given to the Somali rebels in the 90s during a certain conflict in order to pacify them. What they didn't see coming is that the side effect of such a strong strain of marijuana caused them to have the munchies so bad that the rebels then raided the UN food stores and they ended up causing basically what the whole Black Hawk Down incident was. That's the alleged term of Black Umbrella as a marijuana strain from the CIA. I don't know if it's true. It probably isn't. It's probably total bullshit. God, if it I, is true, I, I tried to pull that, pull that thread Yeah, and... Uh, no, you eat enough, Keegan. You're fine. Um, <laughs> I tried to pull that thread, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I couldn't find any more than like one sort of urban yeah, exactly. dictionary type reference. But it led to a really great tagline for our company, which is "Black Umbrella." Don't fuck with our snacks. <laughs> and I you, think the other great part is when I drink it, I'm never I don't hungry. Feel like you're never hungry. <laughs> it's exactly. the exact opposite. Actually, this, this does the opposite. You'll you'll be giving back the. MREs. Yeah. So, <laughs> they, yeah, uh, <laughs> the uh, um, shameless self-promotion. So we, we developed it over two years. It works for certain things. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Feel free yeah. to. I, I, I'll, I'll just say I'll never do another race, another, another race day without it. Ooh, a Mark Twight endorsement. <laughs> I'll never do my first race day without it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. We need another tag like, like. Adderall for healthy people or something like that. <laughs> and on that note, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. If you stayed this long, um, you know you're a stronger man than I am <laughs> or woman or whatever pronoun you got.